to Hurt at Sports Radio. Across the timeline with plenty of time. 20 seconds remain in the quarter. 15 on the shot clock. About four seconds between the two. Jimmy gets to the rack. I mean, he springs up and throws it down. Under by 15 with 239 to play. Airtight defense, 38% shooting allows to the opponent. Jay pulls up pops, left side angle three, pointer drops. Finishing touches tonight, baby. Comes into Wagner at seven, at six. Wagner, Wagner pulls up over to Shepard. Shepard penetrates, floater, yes! Way to go, Reed Shepard. Swing! Why not? Why not, Reed Shepard? Reed Shepard rescues the Cats! Here's Jamal Shedd, 14-27 to go. Shedd, left corner, Cryer, catch and shoot three. Got it, LJ Cryer's got 20. Wow. Ninth time this season prior with 20 or more. BYU can bounce this one out. The Cougars come to the home of college basketball and emerge from the fog victorious. The Cougs have won it. 76 to 68. BYU is a winner. You could feel this coming today at shoot around. I mean, we had a terrible shoot around and, you know, the focus wasn't very good. The energy level wasn't as good. And you could feel this coming. Is that what we would call a letdown game, DB? <laughs> you got jokey jokes. Here on there, was, there was a letdown game. We we will definitely get to that. That was, that was our guys over at Wake Forest. Yeah, there's definitely a letdown game. Uh, it's Heard at Sports Radio here on AM 590 ESPN Omaha ESPN Tri-Cities. We are also live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. You and are looking live. We are live. We're live and alive, both positives, here this morning on a Wednesday. We have a good show lined up for you at 8 o'clock. Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. At 8.30, we've got Andy Kendi from KETV. And at 9, we've got our very own Jacob Padilla of Hurt at Sports. But before all that... Hey, we... Is Jacob? Are we? Should we pick a fight? What do we got with Jacob? What are we fighting with Jacob about today? Nothing. I, I'm I'm Team Jacob. This well, I'm 99.876 percent of the time. I'm Team Padilla. Yeah, him uh, and I disagree a lot, but we get along pretty well. So that seems to be kind of your sphere of influence. Yeah, I feel like I'm in that circle. I feel like Matt Marinas mm-hmm. is in that circle. I feel like Jacob Padilla is in that circle. Yep. So are you a one-off, or are you just... I am usually the dissenting vote, Yeah. no matter what the discussion is. And we, not to say we disagree all the time, but if someone in the group is going to disagree, it's usually me. Um, you're, I, the, you're the brown sheep? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I and then you've kind of got Alex Sindelar hanging around that he's the... So let me ask you this about, let me ask you this about Alex. Yeah. Especially because... Terrific guy. Creighton baseball, at least offensively, is off to a good start. Yes. Um, terrific human being. Is he is he defiant? Not really, because he seems pretty easygoing. He's super easygoing. He's just totally out there. So you're not going to get serious analysis. From okay, that, that's kind of what Alex I was very yeah. often. He, said, he says some crazy. He's things, capable man. of it. Like yeah. he sees. Like I can't imagine him like taking his foot and like drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. He usually makes a joke about, especially. If things get contentious, he kind of tries to diffuse with a joke or uh, something like that. And, you know, not that any of us are in danger of stop being friends or anything, but, it, you know, it gets heated in there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've got some 
one of my first introductions to this group of people when I was covering Creighton like 10 nice, years nice, ago. Nice shirt, by the way. Go Jays, baby. So let's go. I, I'm not sure I've seen that. Do you have the hood tucked in? There's no hood. It is so a, you have a pocket front with no on hood. On a crew neck, yeah. That is legit. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. So every, I, I you know, obviously we have a lot of gear. Um, That's these, the best part about coaching for me was the these gear. These pockets are too high. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. What's happening? Like, I don't know. What, what are we doing there? You got to have them down here. Well, I mean, maybe it's a bad cut. Maybe. But I don't complain about, I feel like I might Nebraska again with just fr- wearing free gear. Yeah. So it's okay. That's a good way to go. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. Like some of these kids that go to college and they can't bring their high school clothes. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> so, uh, Caitlin Hanna, she's really good. She was a really, really good golfer at Westside. Her, her little brother is, is going to help our special teams out this year at Westside. And she has a ton of Westside gear. Mm-hmm. She's playing golf at, at Iowa. And she's like, yeah. I said, what are you going to do with all your Westside gear? We can't can't take any clothes i'm like dang you gotta start over yeah like no so i don't know like is it like that at i gotta ask the guys down the street Lincoln? yeah can we you wear your west side gear yeah so i when i saw when i was with coach rule two or the other day mm-hmm. i had on i must have had on something west side but it said west side football yeah and i don't know if it was viv or leona but um she saw one of the guys at at the game Sunday that had on Westside gear. Yeah. And she's like, ugh, Wisconsin. <laughs> I was like, wait, coach, are you not teaching Hold on. her? Hold on. The the point, man. The, you got to be the, careful with that the, W. The, the, the point. I, I get on, you know, if the layman, you're just like looking at it real quick. It, I wonder there, if it was Viver Leon. I got. There's a similarity. Yeah. There's a resemblance. No, I. So when yes, I. Yes, yes, there is. When I switched. But, so you ever been to Pierce? You, you seen a Pierce Norfolk battle? I have. Yeah. yeah, there's some similarities. There are, for sure. All right, so back up off me. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm I mean, not. they're the Blue Jays, too. Okay? Okay? <laughs> Which, by the way, I hear is a fantastic environment to go watch a football game. You're uh, you're, you're a little defensive about the W no, over there. No, absolutely not. See, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a fine line between being defensive and stating facts. The kids call it keeping it 100. Oh, okay. That's what the kids call it these days? Uh, man, I don't know. You know, speaking of terrific environments. I don't know. Play. Speaking of terrific environments, that's one of them. You know, that's a great environment. Uh, obviously, Creighton last week was a great environment. Yeah, man. And Did, uh, do, apparently, do we, not everyone was a fan. Do we still say lit? I don't. I think lit's played out. Yeah, I probably say it because I don't hang out with Gen Zers and the youths very often. Tough hang. Uh, a lot of them. A lot of them are tough hang, <laughs> but. The you know we so need some T-shirts. I was with Joshua the other day, bat from Triple B. Yeah, our our kids played against one another, and uh, even his delivery is funny. Yeah. Let alone his T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we need to get some show merch. We got so we, we got so we're that. going with um, Tough Hang. Yeah, Tough Hang. I think Tough Hang's a good one. Um, you got you got a couple of our buddies locally in the area saying Tough Hang. It's a you know it's a it's a little mini sensation going around the Omaha metro yeah, area. Yeah, about that. I also want to get a. I want to. I want to do a. a I'm, I'm still. I'm mesmerized by the shirt. I think we need to do a bow nose overrated. Oh, that's get, tough. Get one of those shirts here, going. Here, I thought we had uh, dodged a, a no. 
the proverbial bullet, if that's, you will. That's, you know, me choosing violence. I think we could do that. I think who, we could. Who, Who's the maker of that T-shirt? Do you know? Uh, I got it from Lawler's. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're an apparel sponsor. I don't know. I don't know the brand. I drive past them quite a bit. Yeah. Because that is kind of my corridor. Over on 84th there? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a just good meets guy. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. when I get creative and I don't want to take 108th or 96th to, over to Center Street. Yeah. I'll just take L straight down to 84th. Bop down to 84th? Yeah. That's yeah. Just Good Meats is where my wife got the – she got me a tomahawk for my birthday, and so she went over Just Good Meats. And I think I have a couple of more spares I could give you. Yeah? They have um, – now, they have ends engraved in the bone. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I have a couple more. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, yeah. You're a tomahawk guy? Oh, yeah. Come on. Who's, I don't know. You who's, who's not a tomahawk guy? Uh, there's weird people out there. You cook them right. They're all good. Man, I've been experimenting. So my coach, um, my 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 ace, ROC, mm-hmm. is we exchange a lot of uh, protein carnivore ideas. Mm-hmm. My man is like microwaving and baking little slices of cheese, making his own Cheez-Its. He, I saw that on TikTok the other day. Bro, he brought some last night to the game. Good. Hey, don't tell anybody, but I wanted the crumbs. <laughs> Hey, no, 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 seriously, listen, 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 don't tell. So I wanted the crumbs, and I put the Ziploc bag to my mouth. No! I know. In public? Yeah. So I was like, oh, gosh, are these that good where I'm willing to jeopardize every germaphobe thing in my body? So you're like, you got the bag, you're doing one of these? Yes. It was, it was like, sensational. <laughs> and, and I did, so here's the deal. Yep. I wasn't going to try them then. Yeah. But he was he was kind he wasn't like animate like gun to head but he's like, "Hey, you got to try this." Yeah. And I put them in my pocket. He's a little pushy about it. Well, there was only like eight and I'm not knocking that he didn't like bring me a box for yeah, it. He was sure. nice enough to But he was already eating like he had all this ground beef and stuff <laughs> on a plate. And He's doing uh, this at a basketball game? Oh yeah. He I'm telling you, the dude is chill. Like <laughs> operation he does whatever. And doesn't, you know, he revs pretty low. Yeah. So he's like, you gotta try those, and I'm like, man, there's only like seven or eight in here. They're like the they're the knockoff version of like cheese wisps. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen them? Oh yeah, yeah. So I knew if I had one, I'm eating them all. But I felt compelled, cause I mean, he's kind of watching me. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, I'm doing those today. <laughs> I thought, whoa. What kind of cheese? You like cheddar? So he used, and I buy this kind. I buy the exact. I said, hey. Send me a pic of the cheese that you use. I buy the exact kind. It's it's Asiago Romano. Mm. It's little triangles. Yep. Uh, but I have probably four different kinds of cheese in my fridge right now. Yeah. And so I'll do any of them. <laughs> and I yeah I I put my my mouth to the Ziploc bag. I'm gonna be honest. That's that's uh, that's a choice. Yeah, I, I lived. I'm up this morning, <laughs> so I, I I think I'm okay. But yeah, I, I didn't understand. Yeah, the environment thing. Like we had a good one last night. Yeah, we'll you were that, out. At, you were out at West Side at the district. Yeah, it was a. He- so I mean, shout out to Red Shield. Mm-hmm. Like those guys and gals get it in, and the place was packed. Even Brian's section was because they got off to a good start. Yeah, I was like, shoot. You had some VIPs in the house last night too, didn't you? Yeah, Coach Linzer and uh, Coach Hoiberg. Um, and I and Nate was he texted early. Mm-hmm. But it's not out of the ordinary for him to say, like, best wishes or good luck or yeah. something. 
So I didn't think anything of it because they play. Yeah, they're, what, tomorrow, right? Yeah, there's a lot going on in Lincoln with yeah. their basketball situation. So I'm texting back and forth, and I, I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. And our principal was like, Coach Rule can sit with you, but you're not going to invite Coach Hoiberg? <laughs> and I go, and I gave him question mark, question mark. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's over there by himself in front of the band. So then I saw the both of them. So I made my way over there, at, uh, I think, at halftime. Because I don't like to, I think those guys just want to mind their own business. Right? Yeah. They don't want to do the whole, you know. Meet and greet. like Yeah. So, because they're obviously, the, the they're, they're, yeah, they're working. But the environment yeah. was unbelievable. Okay. Like, Br- Brian traveled strong. And I was still a little, I, I, I go through the back way to get into the school. And I came early mm-hmm. because, of course, Caleb didn't want to drive. And. Brian's coaching staff was in the back by the Blue Gym. Have I taken you back there, the the back exit in the school? I know where it is because I walk back that way for football. Yeah. I go through the yeah, 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 yeah. kind of between so, the so, baseball so field the and the school. So just the four or five coaches are back there, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm a big gully guy, and I was giving him a hug. And, and uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, shout out to wrestling and give those guys my best because I like that staff. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about Brian wrestling the other day, obviously, and, and uh, so I like those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, Amir Martin is a, is a was an old T N E ETG guy, and of course I'm close with Amari, and mm-hmm. uh, his dad's a Northwest guy. And so I think that I think it's okay mm-hmm. to like fraternize. Yeah, yeah. Now, and I've said this before. Like, I don't always think my my pl- I don't think my players always love it. Mm-hmm. I don't always think Coach Samanji always loves it. So I have to kind of be careful. Sure, but. You know, we we had a couple of young kids. Well, it's a little different during basketball season too, right? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, because you're not you're not playing. I agree. Then. That's my excuse. Yeah. thank you for saying that. Yeah, uh, and you know, I had a couple guys over um, visiting the school on the other day, mm-hmm. and we I had another coach from another school that was working with some of our seniors. Mm-hmm. You know, they have open mods, so they're out throwing. Mm-hmm. Right, they're not. They don't have class, and one of the guys is 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 at another school. Uh, a school that you'd be particularly interested in. <laughs> and uh, he's working with one of our former guys. And so I took him out there and I, I said, hey, you know, he's a good guy over here. Mm-hmm. I want you to meet him. You know, I always talk about, because I coach this guy in the youth. I, I always talk about surrounding yourself with people that care about kids. So this guy cares about kids, you know. And and I'm sure people that are like at Westside are like, you're gonna coach against this guy. You're saying good things about him. I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah, you never. It like life's too short. And plus, what like what if their paths cross again? You think I don't want the little guy knowing that there's some people out there he can trust? Well, also, we're not going to war here. No, but although sometimes I kind of so that's where I struggle. Yeah, because I when we play, sure. Like something different happens to me, which is fine. Which is why, which is why I'm not anti. Which is why I'm not anti, like student behavior, right? Like there's a line you mm-hmm. can draw. Sure. Like we had, we had one of our football guys that was not on his best behavior last night, and it was it got a little dicey afterwards. And I'm just like, I'm not gonna say his name. I'm like, hey man, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? But. I let it go then. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it it escalated a little bit at, at home. Like, well, you think that was representative? I'm like, no, it's not representing Westside. That's just like, that's just fans mm-hmm. 
being fans. No harm, no foul. Everybody, we're we're okay because that same environment that I'm talking about mm-hmm. is the one we needed to get us over the hump when you know Westside's on our throat or Brian's on our throat. Yeah, you know, seven minutes into the game, you know right. what I mean? Like we need we needed that energy, and you don't get to have both. Like you don't get both sides of the coin. That's where. You know, the, an email came out from Creighton yesterday <laughs> yeah. to their student section. I love the verbiage. Regarding, it was a little aggressive. Even I would, like. <laughs> it was a little aggressive. And you don't like swearing, right? But so, I, but I understand, like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. Yeah. If nobody's hurt. Well, and that's the thing, right, is, so, if you weren't at the game last night, the, the or at the game last week against UConn, there were I counted because I thought it was terrific. I loved it. <laughs> well, that's because I hate kind of more your nature. It is my nature. <laughs> I hate Dan Hurley a lot. Um, just to be clear, in case anybody was ambiguous about how I feel about one Daniel Hurley up at the University of Connecticut, not a fan. So when five on five different occasions they tell him what he can go do with himself. I am very amused, and I love it, first of all. I love the passion. I love the energy. I love the sentiment that Dan Hurley can go F off. That though, I love and all the, those and things. And the Blue Crew can be pretty raucous. Yes, they can. And to be clear, Creighton needed that against UConn because on one, on one hand, we have everybody complaining, all the students don't show up. When they do show up, they're not loud enough. And everybody else, everybody else in the stadium is kind of taking their cues from the student section. They need to lead the whole thing and this and that and whatever. And guess what? They did exactly that on Tuesday. That's the one hand. On the other hand, you've got the, hey, guys, that's not representative of who we are. It's like you're a bunch of 22-year-old kids. It's pretty representative of who we are, right? Like, we're an entire city that kind of hates Dan Hurley. Like, it's pretty representative of who we are. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm just – I get that as Catholics we maybe don't love the F word, okay? But it's fairly representative of what we are. It's not like they were throwing things. Like, last night, Texas Texas Tech, Texas Tech fans were throwing stuff. Right. Right? Like, that's a problem, okay? (laughs) In no way was Creighton or Creighton fans disrupting the game. Mm -hmm. I understand, like, oh, we got little ears and whatever. You know how many times I remember hearing stuff that I shouldn't have when I was a kid? Zero. I don't remember any of it. And I went to games. I'm sure I heard things I shouldn't have. I'm sure sure people were doing stuff that I – I don't remember any of it because kids don't process things that way because they don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what something means, you don't remember it. Like, plain and simple, unless it's super traumatic, which guess what? Hearing somebody tell Dan Hurley to go F himself, not super traumatic. Maybe for Dan Hurley, but not for the kids in the crowd, right? And if you were watching on TV, A, you probably couldn't really hear it. That's what I was told at least, and that's what I heard when I was re-watching. And B, if you didn't know, I had people in the building asking me what they were saying. Mm -hmm. So you're really, like, how, what are we concerned about here? What's the problem? No, I understand. Because you it, listen, you complain about the wine and cheese crowd, but when they go the other direction, you send out an email being like, "This is what what words did they use? They use some pretty well SAT l- l- words, l- l- lewd, uh, um, like it's it, it's it's." There were some multisyllabic words yeah, in there to describe like, the swearing. Ah, this is a little extra. Like I, if you just want to be like, "Hey, let's not chant the f word on television." Okay, cool. <laughs> Like, if that's the email, and, like, you, and I, I don't know, like, 
nobody and, can and do I'm that. pretty much I'm consistent with this. Like very few people that aren't in the Hepburn family are closely related yeah. or Bellevue West grads. Love Chucky more than I do. Sure. Takes good care of my family. We whatever, <laughs> right? Like sorry. <laughs> right. So so yeah. but I don't I don't have any problems with Nebraska fans booing him. Yeah. Like that's not my so there's lots of things I get I get out of bed in the morning and I try to accomplish. Regulating energy in a building mm-hmm. in in a competitive arena isn't one of them. The only time I'm concerned about that is when there's not enough energy in the building. Like that so that like that's not on my radar and Sometimes, like, pe- like people embrace that. Like, that's part of competing. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody's going to hum a snowball at me minutes before opening kickoff at Boulder and it lodges between my helmet and shoulder pads, mm-hmm. does it hurt? Yeah. Am I mad? Yeah. Do I think it's over the top? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell – I'm not in my head, even as a 21-year-old who's mm-hmm. pretty pissed at the time, I'm not going to be like – you're such bad people. Like, yeah. Because I, I got the fact. You get it. I, yeah. I, I, even though I felt like that was a little excessive. Yeah, I think throwing stuff yeah. is we're, we're I, crossing I, the line. I thought there. that was excessive. <laughs> but right? there's not a lot of words you can say that are going to make me be like, whoa, guys. That, that's my point. Whoa. And, I'm, and, I'm, and this is a guy that doesn't – like, Yeah, I, you don't swear. No. I, and you I'm you not, can't use the – like – I'm not a and listen. I'm not a sticks and stones guy. Like oh, like words don't hurt me. But in a fan environment, if you are not yeah, whoever said that was lying. Yeah, pretty dumb. Words, words. Word, yeah, words they hurt are, a lot. Words are powerful. They hurt a lot. Uh, but in a fan environment, as long as we're not hurting anyone else physically, and we're not harassing like other fans I, I really don't have a problem with it uh tk said that's why i was laughing tk said on the youtube stream as a catholic the f word is exactly who we are <laughs> so okay i'm glad he said that's that. from tk because you me. know sometimes I, I say things about people that look like me that other people can't say yeah it's like, oh. so when you said that i was like wait a minute are you sure because I, I know a lot of catholics that swear catholics a lot and they swear a lot I think that's exactly what I've I heard, hear. I've heard priests use that word, okay? Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. So I think it's a little aggressive to be, like, this lewd and loquacious and, you know. <laughs> Wait, what? Whatever the words they used in the email. It's like, come on, guys. It's a word. Maybe we chill. Yeah, I like, I just and – I, and I get it, right? I, I mean – Shoot, I'm married to an administrator, right, who does crowd control, right? She had to open up early for the officials the other day districts. And so I get the wanting to kind of corral student behavior, but you have to be really – and and we have a couple of of folks that Mm -hmm. I think are extremely conservative when it comes to fandom. Okay. Like our athletic director – He's like, I, we joke, he's like king rule follower, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, But I'm like, TK, like, we need the juice, yeah. right? Like, let him toe the line without going over. And here's the thing that I'll say, and I'm not saying, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, but it's not like Hurley's not giving it to you guys. Oh, yeah. Hurley said he was going to fight somebody he's on the way like, out. He's, 
I've literally heard Hurley last year heard him tell a fan to go f themselves. Yeah, like, like <laughs> word for word. No, I, so I, I kind of get that. So this is a goes around comes around situation here it, it for Mr. Be. Hurley. I don't regulate it. Coming up next, we've got more Hurt at Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Dear students, last Tuesday, the positive engagement and passion that made the Creighton community proud during our men's basketball contest against the University of Connecticut was exuberant. However, (laughs) that excitement was sullied by negative interactions with the visiting student athletes, coaches, and game officials. We were disappointed to witness this unacceptable, unsportsmanlike behavior from our student section, including flagrant profane language, lewd gestures, and comments that were directed towards our guests. You're a child. These actions do not reflect who we are as a university and will not be tolerated. Blue Jay fans are the best in the country, but this means our home court should be a challenging place to play, not a hostile place to visit. Moving forward, let us still be loud, enthusiastic, and fervent in our support of student-athletes and Creighton University, while also continuing to represent the highest ideals of our great university and remain guided by a sense of respect for others before, during, and after each game. That's the letter that was sent out to the uh, Creighton student section by the provost of students. I don't know. You're you're just going in the full-fledged character, huh? Well, I thought it was appropriate for the tone of the email. Yeah. Uh, You're right. It does sound like it was... was it was composed by AI. Um, it it that's yeah. I said that off air. Like yeah. And I don't know how AI works. I promise you, I don't. But I just remember I, I told you the the quick anecdote about when Nebraska staff came and we were talking about AI mm-hmm. and Coach Rule pretended to cancel a meeting, mm-hmm. and then he said, "Make it sound professional or whatever." Or yeah, I can't remember polished what the word. or yeah, something. polished or something like that. Yeah, and then he he. He reread the version of what it generated, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Why doesn't everybody do that?" Well, because sometimes it good, it's good, and sometimes it sounds like this. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like you looked up a thesaurus for every single word. So my uh, my buddy, I made him some. Uh, uh, I, I I smoked a pecana. Mm-hmm. It's a whatever cut of meat, and it's like a Brazilian beef type thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I actually used um, Brazilian seasoning in a rub but anyway so i he's at micah's middle school mm-hmm. so i could kill two birds with one stone like i had to give i had to bring micah lunch money and which by the way we got to figure that out like how to, how to get your kids some lunch money i can't i don't know how to use my school bucks but that's a that's a damon problem like most things. i don't need, i don't even know what that is yeah well again, when i was in school we had punch cards so <laughs> The little things, it's like... Yeah, I literally had to go in to the cafeteria before school and hand the lunch lady a check. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like, here you go, Robbie. So, here. so anyway, um, he's, a, he's what I'd call a foodie. There's probably four or five guys in our staff that I think are like real foodies. Okay. His response to me was unbelievable. It was really long. Mm-hmm. Like initial thoughts, then flavor profile, and... And I'm like, so he went to AI and goes, "This tastes good. Make it sound good." I told him, I was like, <laughs> "Wow, wasn't expecting all that. You could have just been like, it's good or it's bad.'" 
<laughs> and he said he didn't want to hear my mouth. So I was like, <laughs> touche. <laughs> but I was like, is that how AI works? It's kind, it's kind of dangerous. AI can work in a lot of different ways depending on how you use it. Yeah. My we guy, can we can go in an AI tutorial later. My guy Lance loves, uh, not Michigan Lance, but my man Balk Dog. Like when AI was, he kind of stays current on mm-hmm. like those issues. So this is probably a year, maybe some it's some change ago. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, what do you, what do you think about this if this comes to fruition? And I was like, I don't know, man. It's kind of scary. And now that it's here, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, I did see iRobot with Will Smith. I'm still traumatized. Listen, we were talking about self-awareness yesterday. When the AI becomes self-aware, that's when we have a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. But I like I'm not. We needed the environment last night. I've seen places, you know, Colorado in '94. Sometimes like, we needed need... that environment. I I still, re- you know, the thing that I remember the most about the the Orange Bowl against Miami. What's that? When we when we came out of the tunnel. Yeah. Ask Dumas the way that he felt, and I mean, he got he was the one that got the crowd hype, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm I was always usually some place close to him, but when we came out into the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. and we heard the response. Yeah. Uh, from Nebraska fans, it did not feel like a road game anymore. Yeah. Like immediately, ask anybody. Just switched. So I know. So that's why I'm very leery. As opposed to when you were driving to the road, road or to the Orange Bowl, where it very much felt like a road game. Yeah. So yeah. I, I told you about my first Big Ten broad. My my first Big Ten gig was I think 2012 or 2013. 2012 maybe, and it was uh, Northern Iowa, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, my corner where I was getting good reception and Wi-Fi was kind of in front of Iowa student section. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this isn't even a conference game, and it is. And they're getting after it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I, I, I'm I'm very aware of of what that means. We're down twenty to three to Bellevue West, mm-hmm. right? Uh, two years ago, like I know that stuff matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of, of, of all, like I said, of all the things that happened against Miami, like entering that stadium and all of a sudden hearing the reception, it no longer was grass field and a place we couldn't play, mm-hmm. even though they were the number three team in the country and it was basically a home game. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm also the guy, and, and anybody that's listened to me since however long I've been doing this, 05, 06, or 04, whatever, I'm not one of – I have a hard time with – Cheer as the winners go by, stand and clap, the Nebraska nice thing. Yeah. As a player, if I'm 100% transparency, it drove me crazy. Yeah, you want to be a little nasty. I, I like a little hostile. Now, you don't have to be a derelict. but Yeah. Like, I'm not asking. I, we don't have to clap, right? Because no. as I started covering this deal, and you, you do, like, pregame stuff for coaches and – this almost to a coach. This is what they would say when coming into Lincoln, and I have to warn our players. You know, don't be fooled by how well they treat you. This, that, and mm-hmm. the other. This is this is a tough place to play. But then when you start losing at home, then I'm really over the top. I'm like, stop doing that. We need to. You know what I mean? So it it changed. Yeah. It changed my sentiment. You, and I'm just, this is just full transparency. I don't know the right answer. Sure. I'm just telling you how it makes me feel. Here's my right answer. Don't throw stuff. Don't use slurs. That's it. Don't throw stuff. Don't use – okay. I think that's a fair line, right? Yeah. Like, hey, you want to tell go, Dan Hurley to go F himself? Absolutely. Not a problem. You want to you wanna tell Shaka Smart how big of a 
uh, a jerky is, you why guys, not? You guys love some Shaka Smart. Bro. I do not love what some did, Shaka Smart. What did Shaka Smart do to you guys? He acted like a real jack wagon last year in Omaha. That's it. Again, a word that people that look like me wouldn't use. Do I? I'm trying really hard not to swear on the air this morning. <laughs> you can say anything <laughs> once. I'm trying not to make Shane's job any harder. I know he doesn't always... I know he doesn't always listen to the show, so I'm not sure he's on the, the dump button the way he needs to be. I, I wonder what he felt about last night's environment. Because it was a great environment, as we just heard from Coach Hoiberg. Yeah, I don't know. Now, I mean, I think Bynum and, and Martin only combined for 11 points between the two, Amir. But mm-hmm. the environment and, – and, and Bynum's a guy – I don't think this is a hot take. Okay. I'm going to say this. Um. I'm curious where you're going here. I don't think this is a hot take. Okay. But at the same age with a similar frame, mm-hmm. Amari Bynum is a, as a junior because Bynum is 2025. 20, mm-hmm. He's ahead of, and I was in the building for nine years. So I, I Justin I Patton is ahead of Justin Patton. He's not quite as tall as Justin, right? No, but remember, Patton grew like eight inches. He did. In a year. Right, from what, sophomore to junior? It's more like ninth to 10th. Okay, okay. And then a little more from 10th to 11th. Okay. But Bynum is every bit of 6'8". Right. I just, there's a pretty tremendous length, an amazing, not amazing, a good ball handler Mm -hmm. for his length, and he can shoot it. I don't think that's a hot take because Justin Patton in high school. Late bloomer. uh, He was late bloomer. And and listen, I went and saw him in high school. And and you were like. I was like, I get the projection here. I think it's going to take a couple years, right? Because you could see, hey, he moves pretty well for a guy that size. Obviously, you got the height, the length, whatever. But because I went I, – this honest to God truth. I went to go as where I was coaching at the time. I went to go scout Kendall Patton as a big for us because he uh, was like 6'6", 6'7". Six, yeah. six, six, yeah, I was like – dude. And he, 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 he had a really good motor in high school. I like KP. You know, I was like, you know, maybe – you know, yeah. and so I was I was a Grace at the time, and I was like, you know, it might make sense for him. He could be in Omaha because I knew he wanted to play ball in college too, and he yeah. wasn't going to get he's the D one offers. Extremely close to his brother. Too. And I was like, hey, he could just be down the street from Justin. You know, we they could stay close and still both play ball and all that, right? So I'm there to scout Kendall. I knew about Justin obviously because he had gotten the Creighton offer and everything, and I was covering Creighton sort of exclusively at the time. But I went and I was like, yeah, there's some work to be done. I can see the projection. I get why they offered him. I was like, there's some work to be done. Yeah, but I think I think Amari is, is – So it doesn't shock me to hear you say that, I guess is my point. You know, like a little more rigor, strength and conditioning. Yeah. You know, he's got great stock. His dad, Omar, was – What's the motor like? So I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know because I'm not around him. Fair. But I do think every night out mm-hmm. he should be a 22-12 and 12 guy. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, coming up next, we'll wrap up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. And coming up on March 14th, the Omaha Supernovas are going to be live back here at the CHI Health Center, 7 p.m. against the Atlanta Vibe. Make sure 
you go to supernovas.com to get tickets. You can also get some merch. You can check out news and everything else there as well. Don't forget, tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, it's not Thursday yet, DB. Tomorrow night. I, all my day, listen. I have no idea what day yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm on the struggle bus. Um, it, you, I blame. You, you play on a Tuesday, it's like, what? I blame leap year. Uh, this is, that is that's this year, right? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow's leap day. Oh yeah, it's my it's uh, so that makes it uh my buddy Chad, his wife Tim, or is she's a leap she's leap day baby. Yep, there you go. Uh, tomorrow on leap day, the Supernovas are on the road. You can check out uh, how to follow them along on supernovas.com as well. But make sure you get your tickets early for their return home March 14th at CHI Health Center. That's supernovas.com. Dot com. Uh, wanted to, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the schedule and everything there. Wanted to, oh, you know, before we get into that, we should talk to, we should talk to Lance. I'm just f- trying to figure out how to read this thing, all these little numbers. I have no idea what those mean. I Do you pay them. any attention? No, not at all. Okay, then I don't feel bad. I only pay attention to these numbers right here, how right. long we have till break. My man. And then I pay attention to this line here, as we found out yesterday, which sometimes and sometimes is not accurate. Well, Shane's on his game now. He's on his game now, and we got Michigan Lance on the War Horse Sportsbook hotline. Lance, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning. So it's real quick, Ravi, your opinion. Who's the best Nebraska running back, number one, for you? Best Nebraska running back all time? I probably yeah. got to go. Took you too long. I probably got to go LP. Yes, what's going on? I probably got to go LP. Okay, LP. Oh, yeah, LP. But not Mike Rozier, who won the Heisman Trophy, had over 3,000 yards. And LP had one good season at Nebraska? Two. But we're talking about Bo Jackson? Two. Two. What are you talking about? He played in three games his junior year. What about what sophomore? We talking about? We're talking about his freshman. He's a good freshman too, right? Uh, yeah. Lance is on drugs. You, you oh, think, really? What was his freshman? He didn't have a thousand his freshman year. You think? What did he play? What did he, he have? Like six hundred? His freshman year, DB. Hey, hey, what are we talking about here? Hey, hey speed, Bo Jackson, speed racer, <laughs> speed racer. Hey, before I cut listen, you off at the. I, I, I think, <laughs> Before I cut you off at the knees and embarrass you, what are you trying? Are you trying to make the case that LP didn't have enough body of work to be in the discussion? Yes or no? Yes, even yes. You know why? But that's not my argument. I'm telling you what people. I have people argue that with me. He doesn't have enough body of work. But that that's not what I think. I think he's the best. I don't care. He doesn't have a Heisman. He doesn't have the most career yards or touchdowns. He's nowhere near that stuff. But he, he's number one because you know what? My eyes told me. He had more touchdowns <laughs> in one year at Nebraska than Bo Jackson had his entire NFL career. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> anyway, hey, basketball, West, West Side. Uh, hey, West Side basketball. Hey, that was crazy last night. So that was my first time watching uh, Bynum. Yeah. And it's crazy, but but let me like how the team game works. Like they were, their defense was suffocating the first quarter and a half, yeah. and then all of us. But I knew what was going to happen. I said, "What side's going to start making these threes? They might want to, you know, they better have an adjustment." Uh, for some reason, I got to even what side's going to start hitting them. So then, so full disclosure, you re- so so full disclosure, Brian hadn't shown a lot of two three. That was a nice. That was a nice wrinkle from Coach Gully. Like Westside, I'm telling you, if if they're honest, they didn't. That's a, they didn't practice. They didn't. They didn't game plan or scout the two three zone. I mean, it's in ten cannon, right? Like this. This. Was, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah no, so like it it's it slowed Westside down quite a bit. No, most definitely. But 
But then again, I mean, in the district finally you're trying to get the state with the good of team. See, have a good day. Love you. Um, with uh, but I, how I know Westside after watching Westside the last couple of years in basketball, like I just knew, like all right, man, now they're not making them now. But what are you gonna do when they start making them? Because they're gonna eventually shoot you out of it. And then you guys' defense flips because your defense wasn't that great early, and then you guys became suffocating. It's like, man, it, it's just, you know, if you watch sports, and it's kind of like my take with, like, Bo Jackson, listen, man, if you're watching, the, you see things different than what you hear or if somebody puts a piece of paper in front of you right. and says, well, hey, here's the stat sheet or here's the, here's the point spread or whatever that may be, you know what I mean? And so um, and that was just a – uh, an interesting game. And it also goes to the point of, like, that was my first time watching a full game of Amari Bynum, right? And now, does that is that game going to tell me, man, he's not the best player in the state. He's not that great. I look at basketball different now because I know how they judge people on basketball. It's more than ever potential, right? So he's long. He can handle the ball. Uh, you know what I mean? He, he, can, he, has, he, has a, he can shoot, he can shoot, shoot it, the too. ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and so he can shoot the ball. Even though it wasn't hidden last night, you can tell by his form he has a good shot. But did you right? see how but did you see how he was defended, right? So you know Oh most definitely. I mean you know, Caleb, like you they weren't really gonna switch off him. Uh, they were gonna play through ball screens. They're gonna try to touch him and push him. Right. Let, uh, here, let let me answer that for you. When you got football players playing against basketball players, like a good football basketball guy is going to be tougher than a, a straight up and down basketball guy. So and with that's what so like his his strength training will really help because his legs are so thin. So they just yep. they basically just pushed him, you know, like they yep. got they got him off his spots. Um, yeah, he's but, a, yeah, he's a basketball player. That's what they. If but, you got like I said, if you got a tough football basketball guy, that's what's going to happen. But you agree with me though, like at the, as a junior. And I and you know me, I'm team. Gosh, I got all sorts of pictures in my 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 gallery on my phone. I'm a I was a Justin Patton defender. He's a he's ahead of Patton at the same age. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. What Justin Patton didn't get good until his senior year. Oh, what are that's, we talking about? That's a little harsh, but okay. No, it's not. That's the fact. See nobody. See nobody wants. Nobody. Likes no, to hear because I think people wanted him to die. I. <laughs> And it's not because I saw him every day, but I think the way that they – you have to look at the surrounding pieces, the way they played. People wanted him to be more dominant with his frame. But how they played and what his skill set was, he wasn't going to be a 20-12 and 12 guy like people wanted him to. He was still a really good player as a junior. Get out of here with that. He didn't get good until he, he was a senior. I mean, he was playing with some guys, especially early on, like Tyrell Carroll and those guys, who, by the way, could get paid to play basketball today. Like, before he left for Millard South, that, like – a lot went into that. Like, don't don't poo-poo his evolution. And it's not because he was a North guy, but he was good as a junior too. People just wanted a seven footer to be better. Like, you don't you don't get out of bed. You, listen, to what I'm telling you, you don't get out of bed and and grow six inches, and all of a sudden you're coordinated and it looks nice and smooth out there on the court. I mean, come on, right. man. Okay, so it's okay. So it, listen. It's so that's still okay. No, for me you to say. said it emphatically, like word is bond. No, he was good as a junior. He wasn't what people wanted him to be. That's what you should say. Listen, no, what, what I'm what I'm gonna okay. 
what I'm going to say is he wasn't – when I say he wasn't good as a junior, okay, all right, was he trash? No. <laughs> but was he also good? No. He was an okay player. He was not on anybody's college radar. And I'm not just talking about D1, okay? He wasn't on any – he wasn't a college basketball player as a junior. He was a good – Good player as a senior, again, and he got recruited off potential on what he was going to be and which he became because that's how basketball is, all right? He's, he wasn't dominant as a senior either. He was a good player as a senior. So that, that's what I'm saying. That's what it was. Like, he, he wasn't a – he's not an all-time great high school basketball player. But, but who, out, who, out, who, out, who, out is? who is? Who is? Andy Woolridge, Deverell Biggs, Salad, Hunter Salas. Um, you said the Kevin, same. Thi- you stop. You said the you, you said the same thing about Hunt as Alvin a junior. Mitchell, you what? You didn't. About who? Uh, uh, you said the same thing about Hunt as a junior. We no, said this. No, I didn't. I said he was good. I said he wasn't great as. Uh, he wasn't a, a he wasn't great. Like wh- when I go and watch you, and everybody's like, "Hey!" But now, but but, not, but, but now Hunter was great. Do so you are no, you are no, we? No, 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 no! I didn't say that. Okay, no, okay, no, 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 okay. No, 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 but 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 you, you but you did not, use you did that. use him as an example. You forget we hang out, so I know all no, the definitely. conversations. But, like don't. Hey, right, but exactly. now you say Hunter Salas was great. Conversations. I can tell you the conversation. When I watched Hunter and I watched um, Hepburn, right? I went to watch them both. One and both of them had D1 offers. One of them played like a D1 player. The other one didn't. I told you that at that time. One hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Shaky Hepburn was the guy. When when they told me, hey, he's a Big Ten offer. He's a, as a he's, sophomore. He's, he's still the he's he still the guy. Hunt just no, Hunt, no, no, no. Hunt's just, just evolving. About yeah, high school. I'm not talking about college. I'm only talking about high school. College is a whole different thing. Let's just stay in because because people want to revisit this history and say, well, Hunter was always the top guy ever in high school. Hunter was not better than Andy Woolridge. He wasn't even better than Deverell Biggs. That's all I'm talking about is high school. See, people want to go past after they people put up 29 against Duke. Oh, he was always – no, 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 no. He wasn't always tough. He wasn't always a dominant player. Now, Chuckie Hepburn, though, that was a dog in high school for all three years. Hunter became a dog Four. his senior year. Yeah, okay. But you, you, you do know that Justin started to collect offers going into his junior year, though, not his senior year. It was the summer of his sophomore year. I, I, who were you talking about, Justin Patton? Yeah, I just want to. I just want to. I just want clarity. Like, oh yeah, he was a, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, but did he have? He didn't have D one. Like, he probably had a D two. Yeah. He wasn't a D one guy his whole junior year. That was after the end of. That was AAU. Okay. I'm just saying, if you want to replace the name Justin Patton with Bo Jackson and Michigan Lance's <laughs> argument, it's the exact thing I've been saying. Thanks for the call, Lance, on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Wow. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. 
We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube where the uh, commenters really enjoy DB's uh, cross-examination of Michigan Lance there. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like to be combative until I have to. I'm, I'm, I'm one of two ways. Yeah. I'm either going to concede and tell you I was wrong or I'm going to try to bury you. There's really no middle <laughs> ground. Right, because I'll know. Like, I'm not going to argue if I'm wrong. I'm like, yeah. hey, man, you know, good point. Because I'll, I'll try to hear, but, man. Sometimes there's not – there's uh, there's. I've nothing. hung up on family before, but I just, <laughs> I just didn't have the stones to cut him off. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. BC, how are you this morning? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? BC, we're good. We're having we, fun. We're, we're yeah. It's, <laughs> so if if there's like a however long we've been back together, three weeks or two weeks or two and a half weeks, it has been very it's very spirited radio. Like that's that's good. what I would that I would a couple of your your colleagues. Well, one we're gonna get back here soon. He just texts. He doesn't do anything on air because he's busy being a good dad. But your other partner in crime, Bruncey, he usually comes in, lights a match. Let's it burn for a little bit, and then he leaves. So, <laughs> Brunts, Brunts, Brunts does. Oh he's yeah, like the most mild-mannered guy I know. He is. That's how we get you. He, he comes in. So he seems closet cutthroat. He I seems mild-mannered, but then he just throws a, a Molotov cocktail in the radio show he, and walks away. He's like a ninja. It's <laughs> well, like you, to, you're all yeah. unalived, and you're like, "What happened? <laughs> I didn't hear a thing. I didn't see it coming." <laughs> it had something to do with Bo Jackson, didn't yeah. it, last week? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he's he's just he's usually on a roll. He's Bruncey is, is. I think he's good. just projecting some anger because his baseball team is going to cease to exist in about three months. But that's fine. No, contractually, they get to play for another year. <laughs> that's what they tell us. That that's what they, they tell us. Uh, BC. Speaking of uh, people's favorite teams, we were having a conversation about Kirk Cousins yesterday. Okay. How how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? Oh yeah, he. I didn't know about BC. Um, I'm a big Cousins guy. I I've been a Cousins guy for like two or three years when he was taking crap because uh, of the Monday night stats and everything about primetime performances. Uh, Cause I, I always thought he was like top 10 or 12 um, in the league. And I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought before the injury, if people were really paying attention, he was like top six or so in the league, like at that moment, like in the, those few weeks before the injury. And so it was a shame that happened because he was a, he was going to have the best season of his career. Now, can he pick up where he left off? I'm not sure. Um, I get the argument uh, in the team, like the Viking situations, like, well, are you, are you fine with just always hanging around, like kind of being in the playoffs, but you can never get to the top. And, um, I understand where that annoys people. I honestly do like following a franchise that's pretty good most of the fall and gives me something to enjoy on most Sundays. And even if there is pain at the end and the Vikings tend to give that to me. And uh, I, I think Kirk Cousins could get them um, higher um, if they, if they surrounded them with a few better parts on defense, actually. But that's my thought. BC, when you're taking a look, I just I'll, so I'm gonna ping pong with you just because I know you're talented. Um, I want to start with football, yeah, and and this weekend being at basketball and kind of that presence. I, we, you and I have talked before about how you don't think things happen by chance, and 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 Coach Rule is is, is pretty calculated. But I want to get into how cool it is to see the the sports cross promote 
and overlap. If a rising tide truly lifts all boats, where do you see kind of the evolution of this this athletic department and its overseer with its coaches as they as they try to dial in on this momentum that these sports are seemingly collecting? Yeah, I think you're hitting on an important subject. I think the coaches over there, I sense, are more tied in together than they've been in a very long time. Um, and I do think Rule has a big part to do with it. I think the way that he um, embraces all the other sports, embraces all the other coaches, makes a big point about um, when he's like doing a press conference and something's happening with this particular sport or that one, he, he'll always bring it up first. And then, you know, they put their money where their mouth is. They show up like the, the players and him and they're just there all the time and they're supportive. And so like a thing like the dunk contest over the weekend, like if you just popped in in the middle of like a March Madness run and didn't have a presence prior to that, I, I could actually see where that could be off-putting in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's not that way because they're so well-connected and everybody knows how much they've been supporting them along the way that it just feels natural. And it was just kind of like playing off each other and uh, worked really well, I thought. And it got people to uh, understand why there's hype about Jeremiah Charles. So it's interesting. Um, Trev was up at the – he was in Omaha the other day, and uh, we had to take care of a couple of things. And we kind of got on this sidebar conversation, BC. I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, he was talking to our athletic director, and they were exchanging big, big people ideas. And some of the words I didn't understand because there's a (laughs) lot of syllables. But he said, you know, people talk about what I do daily and kind of – Uh, my role with these coaches and he gave an analogy I'm curious to get your thoughts he said you know I'd like to just build a moat he said once you hire good people and you feel like you have smart people in place regardless of sport I want to spend a lot of my time building a moat around my employees and my coaching staff so they are free to do their job so the state of Nebraska can see that we have some really good people in place. I'm building that moat so mm-hmm. those guys can do their job. Like, I didn't sleep all night. I'm like, I love the analogy because I need pictures because I'm not very smart. But can you see that happening behind the scenes that's freed these coaches to just be able to go out and work knowing that your athletic department has a common vision? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just think there's a trust factor um, in, in Trev, and I wouldn't say that if I didn't think it. I wouldn't just say it to say it. Um, I, I, I just believe the coaches see someone who has their best interests at heart, is going to surround them with uh, you know as many resources as possible to succeed, um, and it's going to get, you know, he, he can't lead them to the finish line, but here, here's the path and he's going to give them the best possible path to uh, do it from his job as an athletic director. And, and there's a faith there that I think is built up. I think it, you can see it between Trev and, and, and Matt Rule, the way they talk about each other and, um, you know, express ideas about how each other does their their job. Um, and then I, I do think the piece of the coaches actually having that link together, even though they're in different sports and face different challenges within those sports, there is a commonality of this, of that, the stress and the, um, hurdles of that job that are very similar 
um, no matter, you know, if it's bowling or football or whatever that, that you can, you can find a common ground on and it, it helps to have an ear to listen to or to, to bend an idea by. And I think nobody on that staff right now, it seems like is afraid to go to the other and have those conversations from all the stuff we've been hearing. So, um, I, I do think they're in a pretty healthy spot with just like how their, their coaches correspond and kind of the connection within the, to the athletic director and, and all those things. So, um, that's a positive because how long, you know, there's many years where we talked about, especially with Husker football, can they get the, the coach and the AD and the, you know, the brat, the university brass on the same page. It feels like it hasn't been that way in a long time. And there was hope that it was kind of going to be that way with, with frost and moose and everything. And it, it, it fell off. Um, and, and now it does feel real that that that's something that's working. And so you hope the, the other parts around it work. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. You know, BC, you kind of got my my wheels turning a little bit between you and DB with talking about Trev there. And am I reading too much into it in what Trev tries to do for his coaches to look at it and say, okay, when Trev came around, that's when Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska basketball started getting better as well? And let's not act like he didn't have tough conversation like yeah that was a very critical moment right bc we focus a lot on coach rule and football and 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 that part of it obviously but it's there's it seems like there's a pretty at least coincidental relationship between nebraska basketball turning around and trev albert showing up as well yeah i think there's something to that now i i understand you know fred is a sharp enough guy to see that it just wasn't working the direction they were taking and is going to switch past but i mean it helps to have a sounding board and someone with good ideas like like trev giving his input on that too and when you listen to him talk now they kind of parrot each other um when, when they 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 speak of like having this t- type of team that like just as appeals to the state you know and like has a certain work ethic and you know a, a certain hustle mentality that shows up on the floor that just people will get behind even if you come up short on on certain days like if you have that type of team where people feel like man they're going all after it and that's they work together well i will support them and there was three or four years ago you know two or three years ago with basketball where that just wasn't the case it wasn't just the the record it was just tough basketball to watch it was just you know they had some good individuals but the pieces of the puzzle didn't fit together well and give fred a lot of credit he made some tough staff decisions, um, you know, shifted a big assistant yeah. coaching piece around. Um, I think, you know, he, his his assistants now you talk about chemistry. I think they've found that like on that whole bench with like what everybody's role is and like Coach Lenzer, Adam Howard, Ernie Ziegler, all those guys have their part and um, I think know it well. And um, that's why you're seeing the team do as well, too. Like, you know, it, it starts from the top down and, and you're seeing a, a real formula of like how to work together and um, how to play off each other's best traits, I think, both within the coaching staff and on the roster. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to profess like that. I'm you know, we're going to grab dinner and, and hanging out and stuff. But I, I think my discernment is OK when it comes to like gauging the, the, the character it's interesting how I'm kind of seeing this shift with the department and kind of their philosophy. Like being a good person, I get it. It's relative to the user of the term, right? But 
like quality and like you talk about coach like Nate and 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 coach Hoyberg and and coach Howard or or um coach Rule um divorce like coach White you just think good people right how important do you think it is at at this juncture at this level in power 5 sports power 6 if you're basketball that modeled behavior is still a thing, BC. Oh, I think it's always huge. Um, you know, especially we sure do undersell it, though, don't we? Just win, or you know, yeah, maybe. But I mean, in this day and age where uh, it's never been easier, um, and everyone around kids is going a different direction, or saying, "Okay, I was here a year or two. It's not quite working out. I'm going to go over here." Um, when you have a belief in the coach, he's going to give it to me straight. Um, and I trust him because I, I believe in like his values and he's got an honesty and straightforwardness to him that, um, you know, that I can appreciate. I think that is, that really helps in these turbulent times where there's so much movement with guys when you have to have those deep conversations. Cause they know that the coach has their best interest at heart and, um, that, that that just carries such a long way. So I, I think it's huge in this 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 era. I, I don't think that'll ever leave, honestly. And if we do undersell it, that that's a bad idea because I I, I think, um, you know, Nebraska puts out those football videos that people like, um, you know, the shows, the little movies, and um, I think the thing that they really like to come across there because they believe in it and they don't see it as a sales job, but just the truth is that there's a family over there and you can be a part of this family. And this is what family looks like inside our walls. And here's a little taste of that. Um, and you can't, you can't put that on camera or probably represent, or you could, I guess, but it would be, you know, people would quickly find out you're, you're just selling them a bill of goods. Uh, once they get here a few months, if you aren't really, walking the walk as far as being a good person as a coach and just like being honest and all that stuff. So I think it's a huge deal. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24 seven. You know, I, I sometimes get, a, I bristle up a little bit when some, when people use the term family in some of these situations, because I, I think there's two times people use that, uh, use that term. It's A, when they're trying to justify toxic behavior, but being like, hey, but we're a family. We can't, you know, we got to stick together. Or sometimes it's a positive and they're doing it in a, hey, we have to have each other's back. We have to be there for each other. We have to sacrifice for each other, right? And mm-hmm. I, how have we been able to see that it was the latter, not the former within the Nebraska football program? Well, you got to prove it every day, but I, I think some of that is, um, if you want like evidence points, like even some of the guys who returned are an example of like believing in in what they saw the first year. You know, like there mm-hmm. there was plenty of guys who could have went elsewhere, um, and we would be talking about we will be ta- would have been talking about Nebraska's roster completely different if like Bryce Benhard or Ty Robinson or um, a Gifford or whomever decides, uh, yeah, I saw this act up close for a year and it does not appeal to me. It's, uh, it's one thing in front of the cameras. It's another behind closed doors, all that sort of stuff. Obviously they liked what they saw, thought they were getting better as players and and maybe people, um, through that first year. And so I think just some of the guys who came back is, is one example. 
Um, and I try to have my antennae up, you know, when I'm over there listening to interviews and I realize people aren't going to say the worst stuff about anybody in front of the cameras and all that. Uh, but you can sometimes tell when there's a genuine like feeling, I think of like, this is really tracking in a, a positive direction if we keep with it. And sometimes when something is being said just to be said, and there were past years when I think there was probably stuff where you could tell it was just being said with the cameras on because that's what had to be said, and I understand that by a player or something. I felt differently last year in a lot of those interviews. I really did. Just There, there was a belief factor of like, okay, it was hard at first. I didn't know exactly maybe why we were doing this or that, but I'm seeing the benefits of it now. And you could kind of pick up on that. Um, you know, just uh, uh, being a, a real thing. So uh, we'll we'll see, though. I mean, you got to got to keep it going. And you know, we're we're only one year into it, and everybody likes to talk good about what can be. So they still got to go do it. But I do I do think uh, he's been very successful, Coach Rule and his staff at building cultures uh, in a positive way. And they've dealt in very difficult frameworks too. It, it, when they were at Temple um, in the Philadelphia area, there was a lot of kids with really tough backgrounds and stuff they had to deal with. And sometimes they'd have to send somebody home and he'd be off the team for a while. And there were guys who came back and, you know, they ended up getting into the league and stuff and they worked it out. And so there was tough love along the way. But I think it goes back to Damon's question of if you have that trust with players and build it up over time, um, even if there's a tough week or month or whatever, there's a realization, this guy really wants the best for me. And I'm going to see it through and just see what happens with it. Yeah, it's crazy. I was going to, just going to ask you something else, but I want to stay with that for a second, if I could back-to-back this. The prime example, of, a perfect example of what you just said, BC, is a guy like Tommy Hill, right? You know, I, obviously, I'll go watch practice, and I'll see interactions, and everybody saw the viral deal of the early suspension of Tommy Hill, and then Coach Rule takes the picture, and he's like, hey, who's the new guy? You you remember that like when he was mm. stretching at practice and and all of a sudden over t- Tommy Hill starts to flourish right he, he he's 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 kind of buying in and and I'm thinking to myself coach rule said something and I'll never forget this he said you know I try to tell these guys I want to operate in such a way that they trust me so when we talk about my credentials there's proof of there's proof of concept. I've been here. I've done that. I've done rebuilds. I've been at the professional level. He said, and so sometimes I'll say to these guys, DB, he's, why fight with me? I'm for you. Why mm-hmm. not just do what we ask? Because I have your best interests at heart. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why would you want to argue with me? And it it. It's so disarming and so powerful. I'm like, could I have even handled that at 18, 19, 20? Like, you, you, you mean you're for me, so just do what, I, just do what you tell me because it's going to turn out well, right? Like, that's very, very important to, to him. And it worked with a guy like Tommy Hill. Yeah, I mean, it sure did. I remember, um, I think I've talked about it on, with you guys, when the first – practice or whatever of last spring when rule announced like a few guys that weren't there and tommy was one of them we were so used to it being a certain way um with like how coaches handle stuff it's sort of like oh he's 
is, well, he's gone then, I guess, you know, like you kind of jump to that conclusion because mm-hmm. around here it's been like, okay, he's not here today. He's probably not going to be here tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I remember that guys would just like disappear. Yeah. Nobody would say anything. Like, oh, they're gone, I guess. I guess they don't play yeah. football here anymore. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You, I don't think we've seen a lot. But seriously, we haven't seen a lot of those like stories of guys who like, um, you know, okay, he wasn't at practice uh, this day, and then like two months later, he's like rising up the depth chart. That just hasn't been something. It sort of felt like when, when you got to that point, that was the end of the story. If a coach said, "Yeah, he's he's not around right now. We'll see what happens," that that usually marked the end of that chapter. And so you you had to learn the last year. Um, it doesn't mark the end. Like it doesn't mark the. Uh, the story on I don't know what's going to happen with like Micah Mazuka and I hate to like single name out but everybody heard him get brought up in the press conference the other day that he's got work to do it's out there mm-hmm. it's not um, it's, it's about more than just football right or something yeah, like that he yeah. said and I have no idea what's going to happen with that one good or bad or in the middle you know but the the bottom line is when I heard it now I'm taking that information and I'm like okay well well let's see how it plays out there's a challenge that's put out in front of him but we've seen challenges with other guys we saw it with Tommy Hill um, we saw it, um, you know, Anthony Grant didn't end up playing here, uh, very much last season. Um, but he was a guy who was, um, challenged in different ways and he was still around and all those things and Josh fleeks and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just because a guy pops up in a, a tough love way now, doesn't mean it's the end of their story. And I think if you go back to his track record, your, what you were saying there, Damon, and you look at guys he had at Temple and maybe a few at Baylor, but especially Temple, there were players he can point to and say, I had a situation with this guy, and it was rough. Like, he had a tough deal and um, tough family background or whatever, and he had he had to go for a bit, and then he came back and had success. And I know he had multiple cases like that where there were success stories. And so guys on this team, I think, know that he has that in his background, and there is a thought like, like you say, if you think a guy's for you, you might not like what the person says for a day. You might uh, stew about it for a week, right? Um, but but like if your family, sometimes uh, I'll get something. I've had something said to me, and you don't like it for a week or so, and then you're like, yeah, they're probably they're freaking right, you know? So like, because um, you know that they want what's best for you, so that that's huge. Uh, BC, that's really good stuff today. We appreciate it. Probably going to bottle this one. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to come back to some of those things uh, on the in the next segment. But uh, really appreciate your time, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Appreciate it, BC. Thanks, Thanks guys. Man, there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm going to want to get to in the next segment because one thing that that BC said that I think that we need to to claw at a little bit more is. There has to – I think it's not even just, hey, yeah, I think about it for a week and then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you're probably right. You have to ha- trust someone so much that even if you don't think they're right, you still believe they have your best interest in mind. That's the that's like the that's ultimate. It, yes, that's where it goes from like, hey, good level of trust to we're in a special place. Hey, I, I know you thought 218 was a good weight. I need you back down to 208, 209. I said, well, you told me to get bigger. Yeah. No, you, I don't like you there. Let's get back. And you're like. Even okay. when you think they're wrong, like, do you oh, still oh, trust oh, them? Okay. <laughs> That's where it gets interesting. We've got more Hurt Out Sports Radio coming up next. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio.
We're halfway through the show here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And as always, we're live from the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill. And speaking of the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, you need to get ready for a game-changing experience at Omaha's premier sports bar because they're now hiring at the La Vista and Gretna locations. That's both locations, if you weren't familiar. If you haven't heard, it's more than just a sports bar. From the elevated pub fare and handcrafted pizzas to diverse craft cocktails and classic cocktails as well they've got live events shows there's something for everybody currently they're hiring for all positions at both locations so join the team today and be a part of excitement the way you can do that visit in person all this week between 10 a.m and 4 p.m at the gretna location for on-the-spot interviews and hiring or you can visit herdatsportsbar.com slash careers to apply Make every game day unforgettable at Herd at Sports Bar and Grill, where sports, food, fun, and live entertainment come together. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is our guy Andy Kendi from KETV. AK, what's going on? Morning, boys. Happy Championship Week. AK for Channel 7. How we doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Just kind of gearing up. We got uh, girls tipping off today, boys tipping off next week. We got. NCAA's uh, action just around the corner. It's uh, it's, it's that time, right? I, I just looked at the calendar. I'm like, oh, it's time to flip it. Yeah, it's time to flip it to March. How 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 long? How much we've made it through with this senior class, AK? Of you and I texting from across an empty arena during COVID for state finals. <laughs> right, right. Isn't that true. something? Isn't it true? That is just crazy how how much uh, how this group uh, has 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 endured, right? I mean, it's been a it's been a, a you know we were actually talking about this in a bigger picture yesterday at Creighton because of the uh, Stephen Ashworth uh, Ryan Calls part of the thing. Like, it's COVID is still uh, has has uh, tentacles still out there, and it's, it's affecting like who's coming back, who's really a senior, do seniors walk? Are seniors doing it? And that's at the college level, and these high school kids have endured as well. So, I mean, this is just the time to celebrate the the, the sports and the championships. And this, you know, we were talking last night that this is the time, these next couple weeks, these games they will remember for the rest of their lives at the high school level, at the college level, because these are the these are the days, you know, you may not forget a game mid-year against, you know, Take your pick, yeah, you know, you know, Omaha Bryant. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna forget a, a, a state game uh, when you're going toe to toe with the crowd going nuts at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's what makes this time so great. Andy, I want to go back to to Creighton for a second, but I want to go on the women's side. They had their senior night last night. I, I mean, I don't even think it's arguable the best class of seniors in Creighton women's history. They've had an incredible run, and last night we kind of got to celebrate them a little bit as they had the uh, emphatic victory putting up. I think the seniors had 80 of the 99 points in that uh, game. Just, I guess, as you've seen this class develop, how much have they sort of changed the landscape of Creighton women's basketball? Well, it's definitely up the standard, right? And um, to see the run that they made uh, two years ago was nothing short of an Incredible, and um, to see them back it up and go to the tournament last year. Now they didn't make the run last year, but um, I think that just set the standard two years ago about where that what's expected. And it all goes back to this group. 
you know, the Ronsics, the Mollies, the Lauren Jensen's of the world. Even watching a, uh, um, somebody develop like Mallory Brake this year, um, it's been it's been a it's been a joy to watch. And um, and you know, Jim Flannery has 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 a great group, and 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 it's a credit to him and his staff because he's a, uh, you know, it's one thing to have the kids who are talented, and it's another thing to make them win, you know, and 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 to lead them to victory. And he's been able to do that. Now it's going to be interesting to see what happens and who stays and who goes and who moves on and and uh, how this how this evolves. But before we get into all that, it's going to be fun to see where they land come Selection Sunday. Yeah, it's just interesting. In a, in a state that has a lot of under, I think, appreciated coaching performances, you got Raritan out at Hastings, and they're really good. And, um, you know, you could go to individual sports with the with the major universities. You could You could talk about Omaha baseball or Omaha volleyball, but – Flannery at Creighton is, I don't know if we take it for granted or because he's such a good guy and good-natured, but quietly, he is a heck of a coach. No doubt. No doubt. And he's not hes not a, 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 a self-promoter either. He's no, he's so unassuming. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it like draws you in. It like works the opposite yeah. of what I think its it, its intention is. Well, I think that that's a draw too for some of the kids who are looking for a coach to play for. And his personality, you know, he 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 grinds. He's a worker, and he gets the best out of his kids in his own way. You know, not everybody has to um, rant and rave and scream and and be demonstrative and you know say that you know he's number one or she's number one or whatever it, it, everybody has their own way of doing things and what plan has done over the years just goes to work he gets his kids he he works hard he develops them he's visible he's the, he, um, he's no extremely it. visible i gosh we undersell that i to see coach hoiberg and 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 Linzer and 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 rule and these guys and nebraska like just being visible, like Flan, I, he would just sit in the stands. I remember we, we'd be at Mellow North a couple years ago, and he'd, he'd just sit there and mind his own business with a couple of staff. And it's like when people see you, like for whatever the reason, it just has power. Yep, no question. And he and he's he's out there, you know, he's out there invisible. And and the cool thing is. He's visible, and he could be standing next to you. You wouldn't know it, and then he'd hit you on the chest. He goes, "Hey, man, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> <That guy. You laughs> know? Very That's unassuming. Why he's so awesome. He, he's a, he, and I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think Flan gets the credit he deserves. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. Like maybe, it, maybe it is because he's so kind. Maybe we just take it for granted. But he, he's, he's pretty amazing. We're yeah, talking, and you know, you, you, you root for the guys like that for sure. We're talking with Andy Kendi of KETV. Um, you know, you mentioned that it's a it's a super hectic time of year for you. You've got well, you got girl state basketball this week, right? Is, is there a Lincoln yep. resurgence here, AK? I know Lincoln Southwest girls are going to be like, yeah, we've been here for a while. Lincoln <laughs> High, I, I get it, but I think they've got three or four teams in the boys. Um, they, you know, Southeast gets it. Could, are, are we are we shift maybe too strong well, of a word? But is is there a movement? Yeah, is there yeah. a movement of front? There, I, I think I think there's more of a uh, balancing out of power, maybe perhaps. But let's just see how the weekend progresses both ways. Okay. And I know Lincoln High had that great run last week. Mm. Um, 
But, you know, Southwest comes in, we're talking girls now, Southwest comes in uh, uh, as a two, and they, they're they going to knock off a Lincoln. Uh, they, yeah, they got uh, Southeast in the opener, right? Yeah, yeah. So Southwest plays Southeast in the opener uh, later on tonight. And so one of those teams will be eliminated. But, you know, I think when we're talking girls, you know, I, I think Millard West is the team to beat in A, and obviously all eyes are on Scott against Alcorn North and B, and that's going to get the, the, the lion's share of the attention. And, and the boys, you know, the boys is an interesting thing because, you know, um, while Lincoln uh, has had a little push of boys teams, you know, will they be there? Can somebody get into the, the, the crack the code of the Bellevue West Millard North final, whether that's a Lincoln school or, or maybe this is Westside's year to break through to get to the final? Um, or here's the other thing, guys, and, you know, this kind of got underplayed by I, we just didn't have time to get into it last night, but OPS getting a couple teams in um, after being shut out last year. So, yeah, how about how about North? How about North's run? Mm-hmm. I mean, off my line, a right. lot of murmuring. Like like North is North held their ground, and I think a lot of people what? picked Papio South last night, mm-hmm. and North was having none of it. It had been easy well, for them to I quit. The, you know, especially being down double digits, down 14, 16 points or whatever, and then they put that run together. And I will give Omaha North credit; they have a alum um, base. Uh, that really, really represents. You know, you you tweet something out about Omaha North, and you say something about it. people are <laughs> very, very supportive. You've been to Omaha North. You graduated from Omaha North. You are a Viking for life. I will say that. And not to say other schools aren't like that, but man, some schools really shine in the alumni facet, and Omaha North really does have a great fan base like that. That's uh, our guy Andy Kendi from KETV, AK. We appreciate the time as always. We will catch up with you again uh, in a couple weeks. I'm just going to stick around and watch you do the high school interviews and pass the trophy around. As you know, that's my favorite part of the year uh, to watch you as a polished professional. Well, uh, let's hope it continues. <laughs> <laughs> it's two weeks of fun, baby. Ooh-wee. That, good talk, AK. Good talking to you. That is Andy Kendi, KETV. Yeah, at the state tournament, fun couple weeks here coming up for the girls and then the boys as well. And, yeah, it was got to give a little love to Omaha North out there. Yeah. I mean, you look up and, all, well, they got 19 wins. It's like, wait, what? I know. And everybody's like, ah, oh, they didn't play anybody. Yeah. All of a sudden, look, they're a state tournament. Here we are. We will wrap up our number two coming up next year on Hurt Out You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. We're wrapping up hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. want to tell you about our friends over at the Team Jack Foundation. They just had their gala this past weekend. They had the silent auction, a bunch of stuff that you uh, could have bid on and and won in that auction as well. If you missed out on that, though, and you still want to be a part of what Team Jack Foundation is doing, just go over to teamjackfoundation.org. You can find out all about their events coming up, or if you're just like, hey, I just want to be involved, you can donate directly there from the website as well. Because what Team Jack Foundation is about is finding better treatments for kids fighting brain, fighting brain cancer and one day a cure. 
There's got to be a better way, and Team Jack Foundation is out there to try and find it. If you want to get involved, teamjackfoundation.org. And, you know, I know it's early, but make sure you get to the gala next year, all right? Right. 12's my favorite number, so, you know, just get to the 12th annual gala. They just had their 11th annual. We'll be good to go. Is it really? Yeah, it's my birthday. I'm a 12th, so I'm 12 is my number. Oh, okay. So, you know. Gosh, my birthday is not my number. Yeah? Maybe the month, like three, but not the date. What's the actual day? Not important. Not done. <laughs> um, I like I like I like fifteen. I like and I like twenty one. Big, I like, big I like, T phrase guy? Yes. Yeah. I like three, fifteen, and twenty one. Where's the I three come like, from? Just cause? March. Oh just, okay. I don't like fifteen because of T phrase. Doesn't but hurt. I, but it doesn't hurt. So where'd the twenty one come from? Roger Craig. Oh, okay, okay. And I wanted to wear three in yeah. college because I wore three in high school, yeah. but could not finagle three away from Toby Wright. Ah. So I went two plus one equals three. Fair. And it was Roger Craig. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I know I'm not a big nostalgia or it's just not my deal but mm-hmm. i but there is some impact of of sitting next to that guy taking a black and white photo on the bench in 1981 yeah holding his helmet with a like i'm even a davin so roger craig is so impactful on me I, like i like a boxer michael nunn mm-hmm. because michael nunn is also from the quad cities in okay. davenport and i just was like okay what else what else is in davenport like, <laughs> what's going on here you know i'm I'm out on tevin campbell he's waterloo um but <laughs> yeah so it, like I'm, i i get it but but the, the the fandom thing and like what i gravitate towards but that's a that's a 12 thing for you yeah 12 12 that's my that's my jam if i was gonna play like if 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 I'm gonna go to, well, Verzal will never let me play. But like, let's say I was gonna go to Paisons, and he he won't because I'm I'm there in off brand hours. Yeah. So the 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 Kino screen is never on. Mm-hmm. I would twelve would be one of my numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Reverse of twenty one or no? Like um, I don't know why it'd be seven, fifteen, twelve, twenty one. So crouch. I don't even use three. So crouch. T phrase, uh, Ravi and Roger Craig. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I just need a little R and R, man. There's people arguing with me about Hepburn and Salas. Revisionist history is hilarious. But speaking of, no, my favorite part is just that. My favorite part is literally that Lance made the argument against Bo Jackson. My exact argument. He just used the, the name Justin Patton. <laughs> Oh, the but yeah, the revisionist history of what he we th- what we saw with our eyes and what we thought it should be is impacting what we think he was in high school. Like, listen, everybody knows See, that. <laughs> everybody knows that was funny. That and was like, funny. It's good to see. I like to see people like engage with their family, though. That's cool. I didn't mind that. It. Uh, I I just appreciate the irony there that he could make that <laughs> argument for Justin Patton. But so because listen, nobody's arguing that Justin Patton wasn't better in college than he was in high school. The argument is, was he good in high school? And the answer is yes. That's not true. Now, whatever it feels weird arguing with Lance. He's not even on the line here. Um, yes, indeed. But it's weird <laughs> to kind of have this. You know, it, it's weird to put this lens on it because of 
you know, anyway, uh, that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about was what we were talking with BC, right? Because he brought up this thing about trust. And he used the example of, you know, trusting someone is, is being able to say something they don't like. And then they realize later that you're right and they can deal with that, right? Mm. And then we talked about at the very end of that and then off air quite a bit that that next level and I think where you actually get into something special is when the person you trust can be wrong and it doesn't violate the trust, right? You trust them enough to allow them to be wrong. So wrong or maybe it's something that you don't believe? Well, both. I mean, it could be both, right? Because listen, okay, so use an example of yourself, right? With the weight. That's what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were like, hey, they wanted you to bulk up to get closer to 220, right? Hey, getting a little too dinged. Let's carry some weight. And then you go come in, you put the weight on like you're asked to, and they're like, yep, we don't like it there. Yeah. So they were wrong. They thought they were going to like you better at 220, 218, whatever it was. And they're like, nah, we were wrong. 260. Let's get back to under 210, right? They were wrong. They thought they were, you were going to be better at, two, at, at heavier weight. They were wrong. Did that violate your trust in what they were doing? No. Like, I felt like Brian Bailey and, and, and Coach Solich could tell me anything. There were so many things I didn't personally mm-hmm. adhere to. Like, so you, you guys mean to tell me I can get on this great big rubber ball. Mm-hmm. I can I can put it between my knees and I'm going to do these things with my core yep. and it's going to take the place of me doing back squats for three weeks. It sounds pretty stupid, mm-hmm. but I trust you. But or I can stand on this ball and I can put a bar behind my back and and I can use a, a cleaning motion mm-hmm. and this is going to help me. Mm-hmm. All this was novel back then, right? Because right? yeah, it's. Yeah. It's things people do in their sleep now, core, right? Not core, a ton of movement patterns. Yeah. Putting your body in positions. So, you, like, you had to you had to believe that mm-hmm. or um, – Because, to be fair, Nebraska invented that back in the day. Like, at, that's – Yeah. That's it's Team Brian Bailey and those guys, yes. right? But Or something even a little more practical. Hey, don't run out of bounds. Mm-hmm. The more you get hit – the more your body will become accustomed to being hit. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty dumb. But? It's 100% true. Or, let's <laughs> There's take... The, right? So it, Is it kind of like a boxer? Sort of. Like, you got to take some body shots. Yeah, and you have to know how to take a punch. Yeah. But, but you do go through in-season rigor where your body, you become callous. Mm-hmm. It's like doing something during the course of a day that you... So when I was on a hiatus, mm-hmm. right... Getting up and doing things that I didn't want to do because I've, I was out of a routine, mm-hmm. like calloused my mind, right? So I, I knew I'm like, well, at some point I'm going to have to s- start getting up early again. So mm-hmm. I, would, I, I would do things that I didn't want to do mm-hmm. to get better. To and, condition yourself. Right. The, there's a lot of those things that just come, that come, come naturally to me now because of where my mind is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's like that with the weather, I don't really care what the temp is. I probably dress the same. Yeah. But my mind, it's because of rigor. It's just, you know, like what I've been through. So, like, like that's a real thing. I have not calloused my mind against the weather. But, but, but do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like, I do. Yeah. Like, understanding grind is, is a thing. So, there's a modern example that you gave me of trusting 
the coaching staff, even when you think they're wrong. Yeah. With Wright moving to linebacker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buddha. Yeah. Great. Good. Yeah. Nice. Right? Yes. Not yes. something he wanted to do. So, no. Not something he thought was a good idea. And the style of play. Mm-hmm. Like, he would tell me these stories of, like, Coach White. Hey, I know it's, I know it's loud. and Loud is a term that Coach White uses for a like lot of contact. Busy. Right? Yeah. I say dark. You know, it's kind of dark and loud. Like, a lot of contact. A lot of noise. It's, a lot going this. on. Right. And, and, and Buddha would say, you know, you tell, if, if you just play it this way, like, it'll pan out. And, and you know, Buddha would be like, you know, my frame, though, or this mm-hmm. or that. and Like, didn't really buy in. And Coach White was like, just do it. And you saw, mm-hmm. as the season went along, as Buddha start, as as Javen started to lay it on the line, mm-hmm. and understand using his arms and leverage and striking guys, he really started to flourish. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where I bet if you asked him and he took some true serum, and you're like, hey man, you know when they're we're talking to you about this evolution of playing this spot, man, what'd you think? <laughs> Oh man, I thought they were crazy, <laughs> right? Right? But it but it but it but it works. And a lot of it is Trey Alexander coming back for another year because you're going to get to do X Y and Z. A little more ball handling, a little more lead guard stuff. Man, come on, man. I see what we got coming back. No, Trey, you got you got to trust me. You got to trust me here. Yeah. Tr- trust me. A little more ball handling, a little more lead guard stuff, a little bit of hey, let I believe you can do this. So let me give you the opportunity to show people you can do that. Jamarcus. How about coming off the bench? Mm. Hey, CJ, your minutes have been peeled way back. How about buying into this role? Hey, you think anybody wants to hear that? How about Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson just got benched a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Right? This is a dude, four time champion, huh? NBA record holder for 37 points in a quarter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he still holds one the scores, NBA record one, one for. One scored 50 points with 11 dribbles. 60, but yeah. <laughs> 60 points, 11 dribbles in like 27 minutes. This is a dude that has every accomplishment you could possibly ask for. Doesn't like it. Was vocal about not liking it. Who came off the bench and is balled out? Yeah. Clay Thompson. I, so that that's like the, I said the real magic, but yeah, that's. When that's, you can trust someone when you disagree with them, that's a whole other level. Yeah. Real easy to trust people you agree with, right? <laughs> it's. it's when the magic happens. Coming up next, we got Jacob Padilla here on Hurt Out Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt At Sports Radio. Now, basketball enthusiast and writer for Hurt At Sports and Nebraska Preps, Jacob Padilla. And he's like rolling in and Shane goes, is that Jacob right there? Ooh, that's, uh, that's a difficult question. Jacob Padilla. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much I slept. Jacob Padilla. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even remember if I ever dreamed. Jacob Padilla. I guess it'll, it might be a little different, like, considering how wild it's been. Here is Jacob Padilla. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt Out Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also on KFOR in Lincoln, live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as we uh, get Jacob logged into the stream so you can watch him along on those video streams as well. want to remind you about our friends over at the War Horse Sportsbook. Uh, that is the place where you can get involved with their March Bracket Challenge 
a perfect bracket gives you a chance to win $1 million, much like our friend over there at Austin Powers says, Dr. Evil, that $1 million <laughs> perfect bracket. Make sure you are a Warhorse Rewards member to get your free entry. And each additional entry can be earned from March 1st to March 14th with a $50 sports book bet. Each additional wager of $50 or more gets you an additional entry. You can also get entries by having 50 points on slots and racing as well. There is over $10,000 in prizes for top brackets, even if you don't have a perfect one as well. Make sure you get those entries in and then get to the casino in Lincoln to activate those entries between March 18th and March 24th. Don't worry, we'll keep reminding you, but if you have any questions, make sure you go to warhorsecasino.com or download the Warhorse Casino app to make sure you get all the details and rules. That's Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline is Jacob Padilla of our very own Herd at Sports. JP, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Good morning. Young Jacob, I love your artwork in the background. Did you do that? <laughs> uh, the hand's a little small for uh, for me. That That's from the niece. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pragmatic. I'm almost afraid to ask him anything. So well, I mean, listen, he doesn't know. might have been when you were, you were young. You just held on to it, Jacob. Yeah, we don't Jacob. know. <laughs> Jeez. You guys have won one in a row. You still haven't really... Seeing the big three is like a unicorn. You should be in a decent mood about your sons. <laughs> uh, it's uh, so busy right now. I'm not even going to be able to watch the sons for a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. So where where would you like to start? Uh, you can go a multitude of areas, which is what we what's endeared yourself to us. Um, I kind of want to start in the Big Ten. I, a little bit of a curveball, but the standings have had such a shakeup. You know, Wisconsin gets upset, and Iowa's playing well. And I know you told me this two months ago. You're like, DB, when the first of March rolls around, Nebraska's going to have a shot at a three seed in the Big Ten. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Jacob, you're such a genius. <laughs> what are you making of the Big Ten right now? Uh, I, it, I don't think it's very good after. Outside of Purdue at the top and then Illinois. J- Jacob D. Marinas here for his okay. segment. Hold on, Jacob. Before you go any further, I want to I throw something at you, all right? You got the Big Ten's top two, Purdue and Illinois. You got the Big 12's top two, call it Houston and Kansas. Uh-huh. You got the Big East top two, we'll call it UConn and Creighton. If he gives Creighton and not Marquette. Or you can take UConn, Marquette if you'd prefer. Which of those top two in those three leagues are you taking in March? To win the most games in the bracket. Yeah. At this point, it and Houston can make a, a run. I, I just, with, with Kansas, the, the McCuller situation, not knowing. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back during the regular season. I don't know what that means. So is this coaches. not a normal knee bruise, or is this something that I, I'm not aware of? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Every update I see is, well, uh, not expecting back. It's like, what happened? I, it didn't It didn't seem like it was something super serious at the time. But, yeah, so, like, they were a four-and-a-half-man team before mm-hmm. his injury, and now you take one of those guys out. And so it's hard to – I mean – So who's the half, Furphy? Yeah, I mean, okay. he's, he's had a half a really good. Season. Yeah, okay, I got so, you. Um, like he, he's he's close to being. You, you can make him a full player now, so they're back to four after losing McCore. So it's it's hard to bet against Bill Self. I just don't know. 
with the the state of the roster at this point and the way the other guys have come on. <laughs> who, who but Houston, their, their defense, they uh like they can win a lot of games. I don't know. I'll I'll go. We'll just go with the Big East. Why not? I, I think. <laughs> see, the thing is, like, I think the top twos are pretty good there. It, but just looking at the the Big Ten, and you throw Crane in the top three, but then. So you got three teams that you feel really good about, and then you're immediately into bubble territory. Okay, Same okay. Thing in, the, in the Big Ten, where you've got the two up top, and then basically everybody else is bubble or below. All right. And obviously, Nebraska is playing themselves off the bubble now, but like Northwestern's not a team that you like. Oh, that's that, that's an awesome team right there. That's a high seed, uh, and then you got Nebraska right there. So th- that's kind of uh, there's a lot of like mediocrity, a lot of. Um, I guess opportunity if you want to look at it. And Nebraska is doing a good job of taking advantage of that in the Big Ten. Let me just go rapid fire with the question that Ravi just asked. Okay, you ready? Yeah, so yeah. Just, just yes, no, first blush. Can Purdue win a national championship? I'll say yes. I won't hold their history El- against El- them. Illinois? No. Creighton? <laughs> uh We'll go no. Yukon. Yes. Kansas. No. Houston. Yes. Okay, so that didn't that doesn't really shake things up. I just was curious. Yeah. I, I you know I, I'm surprised you said no at Illinois. Is it an Underwood thing or their roster? Because that roster is really good. Yeah, just some of the like decision making down the stretch, um, the, the lack of a uh, point guard. Um, I, I just worry about them in close situ- in close games late. Um, I, we saw what they they tried to give a game away against Nebraska. Um, I think that's the last time I've sat down and watched like a full game of, of Illinois. Um, they successfully so, gave it away against Penn State. Yeah, th- that that as well. So <laughs> that that's the worry there, just kind of that one hole on the roster because the, the team is pretty good. They got athleticism, versatility. Um, Shannon's. Per- was a all-American caliber player until obviously his legal situation interrupted that somewhat. So, and then um, has been all-American caliber since. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I so will it, say it's a good team for sure. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, more than those like three or whatever I said could win a national title. It's just I think that tier is kind of you, you feel more comfortable with that group, like. Wimpy, like I said, no for Creighton just because I'm like, don't want to be the homer and say, oh, for sure. But like, if things fall right, a team like Creighton and others like them could could make a run because what we've seen this year is even at the top, all those teams are uh, susceptible uh, on the right night. I will say, Jacob, no one in in Champaign trusts Coleman Hawkins as far as they yeah. can throw him. Not a soul. He's a fascinating player. He really is. <laughs> it's it's so it's it's a bizarre because I mean if you just look at the numbers, you're like, oh man, pretty good player. You watch him certain games, you're like, oh man, he's really good. And then you see him other times, like the end of the game at Penn State, and you're like, what in the unholy hell is happening with this person? I, I just don't know, like, if I'm any more uncertain about the Big Ten with Michigan State and Wisconsin, kind of sputtering late than like I am any other conference. I I felt like BYU's win. I've kind of been on this BYU hype train, even though I do think Nebraska has a better resume if I'm just comparing. But 
like I think I use a team like BYU, and I'm like, you know what? I think they typify the Big Twelve. Like, if you blink or you you you're a little lax, you'll get beat. Right? That I don't know if I'm mad at Kansas for that game. Like you said, I mean. When they're healthy, that starting five is really, really good. The bench has always been a question, and right now they're just not healthy. Yeah, and, and again, we don't know when they're going to get healthy. And you're right, like the Big 12, uh, I, I know uh, not, not a fan of the way they kind of juice the metrics and what that meant for the non-conference and the games that the Big Ten, Big 12 uh, produced there. Like, hmm. I'd like to see them challenge themselves a little bit more instead of gaming the system, but the teams are good. Uh, despite that, like that doesn't mean that they they aren't good teams. It's just they didn't earn it to the same degree as some of the other conferences. That being said, like again, like you mentioned Wisconsin and Michigan State, like that's part of the problem for the Big Ten. The the teams that were expected to be at the top are quickly uh, taking a nosedive. So the fact that kind of the middle has gotten stronger doesn't add to the overall conference strength because. It's now those middle have become the other the, the rest of the top. Uh, again, we've got Nebraska. Like Nebraska is a good team. It, it's uh, it's yeah. really impressive what they've done and what mm-hmm. they've become. But like they're are they they're the fourth seed in the the, the Big Ten right now. Like I, I don't and they're they just cleared the bubble um, w- with that last couple of wins. So that's kind of where you're at with the conference. Like the, the fact that Wisconsin has just fallen apart. The fact that Michigan State hasn't be, uh, been close to uh, expectations, like you add those back up to the top of the league, mm-hmm. and then Nebraska is a really strong six seed uh, or wherever it was, yeah. and you've got Northwestern had had Ty Berry stayed healthy, you're feeling pretty good about that group with a player like Boo Booey. Now those are the, the the third and the fourth seed you're looking at, and suddenly the, the top doesn't feel as strong, and that hurts the overall conference. But um, Again, Nebraska's done a great job of taking advantage of what's happened to some of those other teams. Jacob, you've never been afraid to hurt my feelings. Am I being a baby if (laughs) – I didn't get the question out. (laughs) This is what I got to deal with with your buddy here. It's a funny premise. Somebody's got to keep you in check, DB. <laughs> you always say that. Like, since I've known you, you've kept me in check. Don't let anybody else do it. So, <laughs> JP, let me ask you this. I either – I was telling this with my buddy Aaron yesterday or the day before. I said, I either want Nebraska to be a 10 or a 7. But to be a 7, he and I were we, – and we're just – dinking around with numbers, right? I felt like they had to be in the finals of the Big Ten tournament, at least, or the semis. Semis, I think. Okay. So, because I don't want you to just jump a spot to nine or a couple spots to eight. I I do think Nebraska is under-seeded as a ten. I don't love them as an eight or a nine. I just don't know if they can win enough to be a seven. Uh, do I need to toughen up or like, what, what are we thinking here? So if they're not good enough to make it to a seven, does it really matter what their second round draw would be? Um, so that's not, so let's, the short answer is no, but if, what if I, what if I make it about matchups though, about who you're going to see in the second round, because I think that could matter. But right. that's something you can't really predict, right? Because the matchups are entirely how the bracket falls uh, as opposed to the seeding. I, I do know that I have a good feeling of who my ones are going to be, though. And I don't want to see them. Is that fair? 
Yeah. Okay. Because um, that's really what I'm saying. Yeah. But, you just don't want to uh, play any of the ones. I, I don't want to play any of the ones. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, you, you never want to <laughs> run into one, especially <laughs> early in the tournament. They're the best teams in the field. But that, that's why you, that's why your question to me needed a little. I had to explain it a little. I just yeah. I don't. At the end of the day, I don't want to see a one. But I'm not a. F- I'm not necessarily afraid to be a seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, ultimately, they're going to have to beat a, a good team uh, once if they if they finally get that first tournament win. That's got to be the focus first. Get there, feel good about yourself, and go get that first win. And then you're playing with house money at that point. You've accomplished more than any team has in program history. So, like, if you, you, you end up running into a one seed, just take your best shot. It's already been a great season. Um, mm. But, again, if, if for them to be able to, I think, win a second game, they have to show – they have to make a run here to show that they're playing really well to get – uh, another quality win under the belt because what down the stretch here they're just taking care of kind of the bottom half of the conference right yeah. so um, I think it kind of plays hand in hand there like if if they make a run to the seven seed then you'll feel better about them potentially making uh, going more than one and done or winning one game in the tournament because they'll have beaten a, another good team down the stretch and they'll be playing really well and thus Maybe they play themselves into out of that eight nine spot into the seventh seed or whatever it is. So I think it all goes hand in hand there. Obviously, you, you'd prefer not to run in the ones, but I don't think Nebraska is in a place where you really. I wouldn't be looking at that too much. I'd be focusing on kind of Nebraska and how they're playing, yeah. and then kind of let the chips fall where they may. I've never been one that focuses on the the bracketology and oh, uh, here in the fourth week of January. They're uh, whatever this seed, and this might be the matchup because there's just so much left to play. Um, and, th- like, nailing the matchups is so difficult anyway. I never really paid much attention to that. Just kind of focus on the, the teams that I'm following and what they're looking like. Gotcha. We're talking with Jacob Padilla of Herd at Sports. Uh, Jacob, you know, we talked a lot about the Big Ten. I want to ask about Villanova in the on the Big East side of things because I don't totally know what to make of them. They kind of remind me of the Big East very own version of Michigan State. True or false? Uh, well, so they don't have a Hall of Fame coach. Um, that certainly, uh, I think, would be a difference there. Cause sure, even, just like resume with, roster, uh, though. Yeah, because even with the uh, Michigan State struggles, and we've seen some of this in recent years, they still – have a run in them uh, for mm-hmm. whatever reason uh, is seems to find a way at times, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love the, the Villanova roster as much as some, mm-hmm. then again, like Michigan state, just because they brought everybody back, uh, people expected them to be a top five team. And I was a little hesitant on, on that as well. I, I think uh, I thought they'd be better than they have been, but I, I wasn't all in on, um, them making the leap just because they brought everybody back. But Villanova, I, I think just with so many pieces and you've got guys transferring from different levels, uh, all trying to fit in. Justin Moore, uh, again, coming off an Achilles injury, you you, mm-hmm. you just can't take for granted that a guy is ever going to be what he was before. Um, what a trap! What a travesty for a guy like that, man. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like he's he hasn't been an All American. He's been he's been a good player, but he hasn't been what he had a potential to be before the injury. And then you're fitting in all these other pieces. Um, and Eric Dixon's had a great season and is a really tough player, but uh, yet some other guys have been up and down. And again, Kyle Neptune's still figuring this out as a head coach. So um, I, I think 
I guess it, it is somewhat comparable, um, but I think there's, I think Villanova struggles are kind of more understandable and something you could have seen mm. coming to a certain degree that, than Michigan State to the degree that they've struggled. Um, but yeah, they, I, I think they're both comparable within their conferences for high expectations coming in and kind of falling short. Uh, JP, let's jump over to high school, man. You, you, you had a great piece that you put up on Omaha North. Robbie and I were talking about that. Um, I think there's five. I'm doing this in my head. There's five Class A teams with 20-plus wins. I think 24, two with 21, and two with 20. Gretna and Westside have 20. Who has 21? North and Miller North, and Bellevue West has 24. Is that how you drew it up, too, just like you pegged Nebraska as a potential three or four in the Big Ten that – North would enter the state tournament in Lincoln with 21 wins. It's really impressive what they've done. And uh, talked to uh, Coach Lakey after the game and mentioned that the, uh, the the players felt disrespected going into the season and then hearing the talk about their schedule. Um, and to be fair, like they, they didn't take on the other top teams, but they did take care of business and they secured a couple big wins. And then the, the comeback that they pulled off uh, last night. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's some serious stones. That's resolve. Well, and the wild thing, so they're down 18 in the, the second half. They rallied all the way back without making a single three-pointer. That's crazy. They went crazy. four for four to start the game mm. and jumped out to a 14-6 to six lead and gave up a 36-10 to 10 run. Tapio South hit seven threes in the second quarter, scored 24 points, um, took a 14-point lead at halftime push it back up to 18 in the third quarter north missed their last 11 threes after that four for four start yeah yet still they held papio south at two points and no field goals in the fourth quarter for seven turnovers o of eight shooting just did a great job of really locking in on, on bryson ball and reese kircher and making other guys have to beat them and guys weren't able to step up and, and make shots uh and then down the stretch you just couple a couple of really I mean, somewhat forced, but also somewhat unforced turnovers by by uh, Papio South kind of allowed North to, to win it at the end. So just great resiliency from the Vikings. And that, I think, more than the 21 wins, the way that they won that game um, should have them feeling confident heading into the postseason. Okay, so kind of the lazy analysis. I heard this a ton last night and again this morning. They're look- Obviously, you're looking at halves of the bracket. And it, one half seems to be a little bit more of a gauntlet than the other. But if you watch basketball and you're, and you're, and you're looking at matchups, you know, Bellevue West, I won't say it was a little bit of a struggle against Central a couple weeks last week or week before. Um, is there anything on that half of the bracket? that would lead you to believe that there could be some upsets? Because with Westside, Millard North, Southeast, and Gretna on the other half, that seems like much more of a crapshoot. Um, yeah, I, I, I still like the way that Bellevue West, uh, still like what they're capable of. Uh, how do they not get bored? Right? <laughs> no disrespect. Like, how do they not yeah. get bored? And that's why like, I don't necessarily, the fact that, they honestly, the fact that they were in some close games should serve them well. And they were able to win those close games and made mistakes, but also made plays to win. Um, I mean, they, that, that Southeast game, they uh, really struggled at the free throw line down the stretch and, and let the Knights back into it, but then made the plays at the end to, to kind of end the comeback. So 
situations like that where they've been in down the stretch here, where they where every game hasn't been a blowout, um, I think should serve them well if they get into that situation uh, in in the, the uh, tournament here coming up. So. Uh, I, I still feel pretty confident uh, about uh, Bellevue West coming out of that half of the bracket. You're right, though. The uh, with, with the way Westside's been playing, uh, if seedings hold there, get another crack at Miller North, um, or obviously Gretna's uh, going to be tough as well. So it's uh, I, I think that'll be fun here once we get down to BBA. Yeah, so I think and internally, I think full disclosure, they wanted the opportunity to, you know, Westside has four losses. Southeast, two to Bellevue West, Millard North. They, they, in theory, would get a chance to avenge them all, I think, was, is the motivation. Careful what you ask for, <laughs> or you could see it happening. Uh, I, I definitely could see it happening again. That, 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 that Southeast loss was a uh, long a time he, ago. It's a head uh, scratch. It was, ar- <laughs> it, was, it was arguably the worst game that they played. And honestly, the uh, Southeast prep game, that, that was brutal basketball. Uh, both teams shot under 32% from the field. Prep lost because they missed 11 free throws. Um, I, I, I read your PSA. Half. That was pretty good. You want to read it yeah, for us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so Prep lost largely because of their free throw struggles. Papio South missed some really important free throws in the second half down the stretch when they could have come back and tied the game. Um, it's like, – it, it's uh, it, it's not the, the most glamorous skill, but you have to be able to do it in the clutch. And teams, uh, it's really cost teams so far. And I, I've seen that throughout the season, honestly. It's some, some rough free throw shooting in important moments. Uh, so kids, practice your free throws. <laughs> Let me hop over. Kids, to... practice your free throws. <laughs> so About 30 seconds here, JP. Creech, uh, your favorite in B? Uh, yeah, uh, with, with the injury uh, to Ben Ehlers, I think that kind of opens it up a little bit, but they still got the size coming off their bench plus the rest of their starting lineup to kind of make up for that loss a little bit. I think that makes it a little bit more interesting, but Crete undefeated has to be the favorite going in. T- toughest to predict, still C1. I feel like I say this every year. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it's it's honestly one of the most fun fields every single season, and Basically, most of the, the, the favorites that we've seen made it through uh, district. So we're going to see them all battle it out down to Lincoln. Right, right, Jacob Padilla heard out sports, keeping DB in line like he needs to be. <laughs> we will talk to you later, JP. Thanks, JP. Right, talk to you later, guys. <laughs> More heard out sports radio. You're listening to Heard at Sports Radio. That's Damon Benning. I'm Ravi Lula. You're listening to Herd at Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln, as well as live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We are, you know, we're all over the place this morning. We're, we're covering a lot of ground. but there, We're trying. There's something I wanted to talk to uh, talk about that we'd, we'd uh, it sort of started coming out last week, but Andy Reid uh, had a comment about it yesterday, so I feel like I'm going to Yeah, bring, he was at the Combine. I'm going to bring it back up. Is, is Andy um, losing weight? He, his face look, he looked... He looked a little thin. He's kind of got the John Goodman face thing going on. You know, John Goodman lost all that weight, and like his face started getting a little... Yeah, skinnier. for whatever the reason, speaking of John Goodman, it's coming up on my TikToks episode, some of these explosive scenes from Roseanne. I didn't know John... I didn't know Dan used to fight on Roseanne. I didn't either. I never really watched Roseanne. I, n- I never watched and, Roseanne. Yeah, but I didn't it, know it was they, like that. They were in... 
at least the snippets yeah. are intense. A little bit intense. TikTok um, should pay for advertising because TikTok is one one of mm-hmm. the main reasons I, I'm trying to get into Peaky Blinders. It, it's a, it came on a recommendation, and then I was like, ooh. I'm a Peaky okay. Blinders guy. Yeah. I'll ride with uh, Killian Murphy. It's, he's a... He's fantastic. Um, but I wanted to talk about, you know, because Andy Reid was asked about Eric Bieniemy going to UCLA as the offensive coordinator. So we'll see him next year um, roaming the sidelines or maybe up in the booth as, uh, as Nebraska plays UCLA uh, as, you know, now Big Ten rival UCLA, which sounds fun to say. But Andy Reid obviously gave a ringing endorsement. He's always given ringing endorsements of Eric Bieniemy. But for a guy who – Seemed like he might be on the cusp of a head coaching job at the NFL a couple years ago. Have we ever figured out what his deal is? No. Because I don't understand it. I mean, we speculate, and I think it's, you know, um, you don't want to spark false narratives because you just don't know. But for whatever the reason, he just couldn't land a job. Yeah, and now he's seems like he's backsliding in his career a little bit which is a little strange. You know, his name got mentioned a couple times in connection. Now, he does have, he does have ties to UCLA. He does. He, he coached there, um, you know, back in early 2000s, yeah. I think. And so it's not totally unusual. He uh, got mentioned a couple times uh, up for the Colorado head coaching job when it's been opened over the last couple of years. Obviously, he didn't get that. But this is a, a guy that – I understood the hesitancy of being like, how much is the offense having to do with Biennemi? How much is it having to do with Andy Reid? But it that it's turned into this whole other thing. Is he just not likable? You know, I don't. Is that a? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Or he doesn't interview well. I, I guess that's kind of what I mean. You know, well, there. So there's there's a difference. Because right? one's like maybe he's tough to work with. The other one is he doesn't come off. And well and like somebody can be super likable, but you're like, yeah, no, just right? doesn't come off. Like and somebody can be really good at their job, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I could see myself being able to work with this person. Sure, right. Sure. So, I don't know. I th- I think there's there's varying degrees in that. I mean, maybe they're having fixations of him recruiting Maurice Jones Drew. Um, mm. Because that was Biennemi's big get yeah. when he was at UCLA the first time around. But I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek. <sighs> Listen, I, 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 just food for thought. Mm-hmm. What if maybe it's something as simple as he's had a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. He's been lobbied for this job and lobbied for that job. And he didn't get it for whatever the reason. And then... He goes to the Commanders, and it was not a success after winning two Super Bowls in five years mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with Kansas City. Maybe he just wants a break. Okay. I don't know. I, I, like, I could buy that, though. Right? He's 50. He's, I, I was on my unofficial, so that was nice. He's got to be 54 years old. Okay. Yeah. So let's just say he, he wants a break. Maybe 54. he does. Is he 54? Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't want the pressure or the scrutiny. Maybe Westwood fits him. Okay. Where it's like, you know what? You can talk me into this. I, I just want to do me. I, I'm familiar with Deshaun Foster. We, 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 we have a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready for something different. Maybe that's it. Because 
I know we it's human nature. We always assume the worst, and you know they probably did this, and we like to wish. Maybe, maybe, maybe he that's maybe just a peace of mind. Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to assume the worst. I just don't understand it. I like because his career seemed to be on one trajectory, and then all of a sudden, it was on this totally maybe, maybe, different maybe path. Maybe maybe his spirits are broken. That's fair, right? Like I've been there. Yeah, and I think I have to to some degree. Yeah, close but not good enough. So it's like, eh, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, uh, full disclosure, you know, I've been up for other radio jobs before, and didn't get them. And there's a part of me that's like, do I want to keep trying to do this? Right? Yeah. Because you're like, hey, I, I felt like I deserved this. Felt like I earned this. And keep in mind, you're just a pup. Yeah. Compared to a 54 year old. Yeah, I was guy. early 30s. Right. You know. Um. 31, 32, 33, you know, so that's, uh, it's, I, I could see that if that's, a, I mean, as a possibility for sure. You know, maybe he's in a situation where he doesn't need the money. I sure. mean, because you got to think he's probably going to be a, a mill, mill and some change. Yeah, maybe. with UCLA's financial situation, probably not much more than a million. Right. He's not going to be one of those 1.8, 1.9 So guys. maybe it's a peace of mind kind of thing. And you could, I mean, you know, I, I think you could probably learn how to budget on a million dollars a year. That's probably figure even, it out. Even in California. Even, even in California, you could probably figure it out. Um, Let's go to White Castle and Jack in the Box. <laughs> balling on a budget. Um, <laughs> well, it looks like he's had a little. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> maybe it's not sushi. You're not saying he's, he's not in his, his playing shape anymore. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something as simple as I just don't want the drama. That's, I mean, that's fair. I could see that. That, that would make a lot of sense. You know, because, I, I mean, full disclosure, I, settling is probably too strong of a word, but I could easily mm. see somebody choosing peace of mind and maybe enduring a little bit of criticism. Over ambition. Over ambition. Yeah, I think that's, that's, an, interesting, that's an interesting little bit of food for thought there because— Not a, not exactly what you're expecting when you ask me. A well, question. I didn't know. I had no idea what you were going to say, honestly. Um, but I. Well, it's seldom topical with me. That's <laughs> it's why like I, it's usually something. That's why I wanted to ask the question, though, because he he's had a very strange path these last few years, right? And I, you know, I was having this conversation with. I, I think it's. It could be something as simple as his confidence is shook. Sure. Maybe he just doesn't want to do the dog and pony show. And, uh, you know, I was, that, that am, you bringing up ambition is kind of funny because I had this conversation with my brother not that long ago, right? And I don't think he'd, he would mind me saying this. He, him and his, his business partner own a, own a business. And for a while there, they were, they were, being, they were super ambitious. They were looking at expanding and, and trying to, you know, I, I call it, you know, the world domination phase of, of either business ownership or career aspirations, whatever, right? And I, you know, and they kind of decided to, to pull back and restructure a little bit and kind of stick to what they were good at. And I told them, I was like, you know, sometimes making a really nice living is enough. You don't have to conquer the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes ambition works against our own happiness. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Sometimes you have to be ambitious to get what you want. Right. But sometimes being ambitious can work against our own well-being. Right. It can create a stress level that the extra income or the extra business or the extra notoriety doesn't 
justify, mm-hmm. right? And so maybe that's what we're talking about here with Eric Bieniemy. Maybe the ambition of, yeah, I want to be an NFL head coach and I want to go through this dog and pony show and I want to be in the rat race. Maybe he just likes calling plays. Maybe he just likes running an offense. He's like, yeah, for a million dollars a year, I can be real comfortable and I can do the thing that I like. Is that enough? Because for some people, it's enough. And for some people, they're going to want more. But we've heard Coach Rule talk about this. A lot of times you be, when you become a head coach, you don't get to coach that much football anymore. Yeah. Some guys want to just coach football, right? And, it's just and that's okay. Like everybody has all these speculations about Chip Kelly, right? Why would Chip Kelly go be an OC? Maybe he just likes coaching football. Or, and maybe he doesn't want what came with his experience in, at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, I mean, if you look at some of the – or read some of the exit stuff, it's like, man, all this happened under his watch. Like, the State of the Union, the finances. The NIL. The alienation. Lack of. of. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, boosters. Like, maybe he just wants to lay in the cut. And, that, and that's okay. It's okay if you just want to coach football. Yeah, I don't think there has to be anything special to it. But I'm not for sure with being in me. But he's definitely – his career trajectory – not what I thought it was going to be three years ago. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think of guys like Dave Aranda and Matt Campbell in opposite. Mm, opposite directions? Yes. Maybe the head coaching job ain't all it's like cracked up to be. And maybe I'm good where I'm at. Coming up next, <laughs> we'll wrap up the show here on Hard Sports Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up the show here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN, Tri-Cities, KFOR in Lincoln. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. We are we're, we're halfway through the week already, man. Here we go again. That's not, that's, uh, it seems like it's happened fast. My man Joel on Twitter, because I th- people gave Jacob a little pause. For what? Well, he was like, well, how can such and such school, but you can't see Illinois? It was rapid fire, but yeah, Illinois yeah. seems to be kind of the one that... People people are stuck on a little bit. Because who did we just talk to that said that they could see Illinois? Oh, Matt, was it Matt DeMarinas? Maybe. Who just said yesterday that they could see Illinois winning a national championship? That must have been Matt. Uh, we were talking to DeCourcy a couple days ago. Oh, it was Mike DeCourcy, I think. Right. Yeah, because he said that they have like a really wide variance right. in their right. in their possible results. Uh, the mayor Joel, uh, he says Illinois can in fact not. He's he's in agreement with mm-hmm. Jacob win a national championship because Hawkins is too emotional. Isn't it amazing on a team that has a guy like Damask and and Shannon Jr. Mm-hmm. Who's always comes up Hawkins always always and the public. Because yeah, he's the wild card. I told you card. Degenerate Aaron was like, dude, what is Hawkins doing? Like, he's the wild card. One of my best friends in the world lives in Champaign. He is, a, he is super plugged in. He's one of the, like, three people that like, uh, that like Illinois football better than Illinois basketball, but he's very plugged into the whole. He's no, he's no Alan Murrow. I, <laughs> I used to work for a guy, or with a guy. He's kind of like my, my brain conscience. He's yeah. Illinois grad, super smart. He worked. Um, over at Pacific Realty, and um, then not all companies, but he's a he's the biggest Illinois fan I know. 
he, and those guys, those people do exist. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's they're they're kind of like seeing unicorns. Like that's strange. You don't see them very often. But it, that doesn't mean he doesn't like Illinois basketball because he's super plugged in at Illinois basketball. He works a lot with the athletes over at the university um, as kind of a like a pastor chaplain type deal. But the every single time Illinois comes up, it's about Coleman Hawkins. Mm. Whether it's from a from a distance like us, whether it's from somebody super plugged in like him, every single time it's Coleman Hawkins. And I will say this, though. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't eliminate them from contention because mm-hmm. I'm a Warriors fan. I've seen Draymond Green be a psychopath for the last decade, and they still got four championships out of it, right? You can deal with a certain amount of an emotionally unstable person. And... Coleman Hawkins brings enough to the table on the court that you're willing to deal with it, right? Yeah. And you've got enough guys around him with Shannon, Damask, and the rest of their lineup. The The thing that I worry about the most is I don't know how good of a coach Brad Underwood is. No, I think – so that's where I would start. Maybe people are just aren't comfortable, but, like, we've, we've seen some missteps. In, I don't know how good he is. And the postseason in mm-hmm. games that I think a lot of people think Illinois sh- should have – Gotten a little further, One. done a little better, but it's a, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not stuck on. Well, you need a a true point because I've seen lots of good basketball teams. They do it with like a combo guard, have a, have a multi, have a multi concept deal, right? Yeah. It's it's like, shoot, heck, I've seen Juwan Gary initiate the offense. You need a right, lead, so you, it's you need like a lead guard. I don't know that you need a point guard. So it's like, well, and it's situational. Yeah. Right. Sometimes when you want to get into a set, it's probably better that Baylor handles it than absolutely than Ashworth. Yeah, we talked about or, this. Or or yeah. Trey Alexander over Baylor. Right. So it's like just depends on what action you're trying to get into. But their their makeup, they've got a bucket getter. Mm-hmm. They take decent care of the basketball. I believe they fit the criteria. I have to check my notes. I believe they fit the criteria. The top 40. Of top. the top 40 offense, top 25 defense for yeah. Kimpom. Well, let me look right here. They um, are. Nope, they're not on defense. They're 63rd on defense. Is that right? Yeah, I'm looking at Kimpom. All right, so, so we got Houston, <clears throat> Tennessee, Auburn, North Carolina, Kansas, Marquette, Arizona, Michigan State, surprisingly. Michigan State's so weird. UConn, Purdue, and Creighton. Creighton, you say? Isn't that weird? Another team that Jacob said could not win a national title? And nobody really – I didn't. he didn't get a ton of pushback on that. I think it's because from a mental standpoint, Creighton the, – Il- The Illinois one he got a little put at least yes. in my small sample size. I think part of it is – more people are more comfortable with the idea of Illinois winning a national title. We've seen them in national title game before in our lifetimes, or at least in most of our lifetimes. But we've seen them be like we view Illinois as a different type of basketball. Do, school do you know the one that surprised me the most was Kansas because I've seen Can- I've seen Bill. We've all seen Bill Self win a national championship, Multiple national titles, with playing six players. Yeah, I I disagree with him there. I don't think they will, but I don't think they can't. Right, like right. he's he's won a national championship without a great bench. I think, and he's not the only one. Right, we've seen great coaches. Uh, Jay Wright did it with six guys. 
right? I think 2016 was yeah. a six-man team. Yeah, I have no idea why you'd bring up that year. Maybe it was because it was the year they won it. But let's not get into the 2016 national championship game. Oh, my bad. It's not necessary. It's my bad. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean Secondary, to. not necessary. That's my bad. You could have just said Jay Wright Jay played with it. six. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to confuse because with 20. Oh, you thought we would mix up the year? Or? Yeah, 2018 they played with more than six. So, you know, I didn't want to. I really genuinely forgot that that's who they beat in, in 2016 in the moment. Yeah, while I was you're that. like Jenkins, right? Like No, Marcus Page. That was a good shot, though, my Marcus Page. Who doesn't make double pump three-pointers? Oh, no, that was pretty cool. To be fair, one of the I mean, one of the best national championship games we've ever had. I'm sure you didn't enjoy it as much, but like objectively. Yeah, I, and that's one of those years where I didn't feel like, because I said as of late mm-hmm. college basketball, maybe the best team hasn't always won. That was one of those years. You thought the best team didn't win that year? So let me go back to the Underwood thing for a second here, right? Yeah. Because. I know, bias aside. I mean, psh, what? Yeah, I'm sure that has nothing to do. You, you won it the next year. You're fine. Um, <laughs> oh? Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Some Madonna, DB. I mean, it's like, don't be greedy. Uh-oh. Like, 94 made up for 93, right? You're fine. No. No? <laughs> so I don't like who. I don't think like that. I want them all. No, I'm just kidding. No. No, you're, I'm just you're, serious. You're not kidding. I'll say. Don't say you're kidding. You're not yeah, kidding. Um, okay, so I'm looking at these coaches that have won national title, titles in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Well, which is it? That's a big That's a big. Well, I'm, I'm go, I mean, I'm you just. Go, you going to go 20? Yeah, let's go 20, all right? We're kay. going back all the way back. to. Let's go to 2000. Let's go to 2003. Okay. That's Jim Beheim, Syracuse, right? That's Mello, Jerry McNamara. Don't forget about my guy, Hakeem Wark. Yeah, see, I don't think that was the best team in college basketball. No, I'm not. I'm talking about coaches. I'm not talking about. No, I know, but yeah. that just, just lends to my example of what's happened in college basketball. Oh, yeah, like. I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody's on the impression that March Madness lends itself to the best team always winning. But they were on kind of a little run. They did okay like, for a while. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, 64 hasn't mattered. So, okay, let me just read these names off, okay? Jim Beheim, yes. Jim Calhoun, okay. Roy Williams. Great coaches, right? Correct. Okay. Billy Donovan, back-to-back. Really good coach, borderline great coach, whatever. It's Florida, right? Doing yep. her darn thing. Uh, Bill Self, as we mentioned. Great Roy coach. Williams again. Yeah. Mike Shashevsky. Yeah. Calhoun again. Yeah. So here's one I'm curious about. Calipari. How do you feel about Calipari? I don't think he's a great coach. Okay. We'll put him as an outlier. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rick Patino, however you feel about him, really good coach. He's, good. he's a great coach. Uh, Kevin Ollie, outlier. Uh, correct. Shashevsky, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Jay Wright. How do you feel about Tony Bennett? I think Tony Bennett's a really good coach. I do too. I, I uh, yeah, I don't have any problem. I, I, I his, would not put him in the outlier. I think his, his style, style may be antiquated. Great coach, and it lends itself to some bad results sometimes. Yeah, because he sometimes he can't defy volume. Yes, but really, really good coach. Okay, well, not I'm, an outlier. I'm with you, Scott Drew. I mean, really good it, coach or he, an outlier? He won at Washington State. Yeah, that's not hard. That's it not took, how, so how long did it take Drew? Twenty years? Sixteen years? Uh, we're gonna look it up. How long right did it take Drew? And maybe that's not really an indicator. I'm just thinking because I didn't know we were going to do this exercise. So uh, you're, you're, 18 years. Took him 18. Okay. Hey, how about that? I said 16 or 20. Yeah, that was, was pretty good. Right in the middle. That was pretty Dang, good. High five, DB. Um, I thought it was less than that. That's good. Thank you. Good coach, great coach, outlier. Um, Not an outlier. Closer to Tony Bennett than he is to. I would say good coach. Okay. So we'll put him, we'll, we'll give him a, th- a, th- a third as, as not an all timer. Okay. Not an all-timer. Fair? Yeah. Okay. The last uh, couple here, Bill Self again. Yeah. 
and Dan Hurley. I think really good coach. Hate him, but really good coach. <laughs> think that the uh, yeah, not an outlier. Not good an co- outlier. Good coach. So we're talking three, four outliers tops in the last twenty years, and that's if we're being. And that's if we're being like pretty aggressive on who an outlier is, right? I, I've only got so that's why you don't think under you're you're making the case against, against Underwood. I like that. The uh, only guy that's a for sure outlier. You're stealing my style. I think they're. The, <laughs> You rubbing off on me. <laughs> I think the only guy that's a for sure outlier that if you're being conservative on the outliers is Ollie. Ollie. Yeah, because you can make an argument for Cal Perry because multiple Final Fours, multiple places. Like you can make an argument for Cal Perry being an all timer. You don't personally like him. I'm not going to push back on it. I I don't personally, don't personally dislike. Think he's great. Yeah, I just don't think yeah. he's great. Not personally, don't like him as a, as as good of a. Coach I think as. we're to the point now where in game matters because sure. a lot of teams have fellas. Absolutely. I, I just I, I think, which is also where I think Underwood. Has yeah, can get the guys. Don't know how good of a coach he is. Yeah, right. So we're talking between one and four outliers in the last twenty years. Although Dillingham and Shepard, that is your argument. Should they be better? Yes, they absolutely should be better. I'm I mean, watching them last. The, those night are against, two of the bi- those are two of the top ten pups in the country. I'm watching them last night against Mississippi State, and I'm like, they should be better than this. This should not be happening to them. Yeah, that's your argument against Illinois. It's not Coleman Hawkins. It's Brad Underwood. Okay. A lot, of teams, I, 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 a lot of teams have won with some guys that were a little maladjusted. Not a lot of teams have won with a coach that wasn't an all-timer. Yeah, I like that. We've got more Hurt Out like Sports that. Radio coming up tomorrow. A little teaser. we got Greg McDermott on Friday. Uh-oh. Maybe you should tune in. Uh-oh. On Hurt Out Sports Radio. See you. Have a good day. Love you.